I just I just heard Aaron go like, no, 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 like, yeah. like he was witnessing his internet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, just, like someone he... someone was comically in the room with with scissors. Yeah. yeah, his baby. That's exactly what happened. The baby just had the scissors and just cut it. I hope he doesn't put this in the podcast. Yeah, he's not cutting that. That's actually <laughs> going to be the uh, audio snippet that he uses in the intro. One year since something notable happened. Elden Ring. Trivia question. What? Oh, uh, I was going to say too that. Too quick. But Sorry. Aaron's, or, Sorry. Yeah, Kevin's. I got excited. <laughs> calm down, Kevin. Calm down. Ke- Kevin, yeah. you'd be good yeah. at Jeopardy. Maybe. Or wait, wouldn't I get? <laughs> I would have. They would probably say you didn't hit the buzzer. You just yelled it. The response times would be good. And I also have the, to say, uh, what is? Yeah. Elden Ring. Yeah. yeah. Right. But we're not playing. So you won. Uh, yeah. Elden Ring. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Elden Ring. Please bring DLC soon. I want to play it. Twenty million served. Please, uh, please, please bring ultra white soon. Yes. Oh, fuck. oh my yeah. gosh. And but, but or... please, please bring a stable frame rate. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> oh, you just got to play that on PS5 with the PS4 version. It's perfect. Hi. Yes. Silky Whoa. smooth. It's the, it's the only way. But. Um, happy. Uh, how's everybody happy doing? Birthday, Elden Ring. Yeah. Happy yeah, birthday. Happy birthday. Happy Great birthday. game. Uh, and also, like, sort of happy birthday to Horizon Forbidden West because uh, no one remembers that game, so I thought I'd give it a shout out. Yeah, which game was what that? Is that is that like a yeah? What's that? Is that a racing game? Yeah. That was a that was a really <laughs> bad a week to come out. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like it could be a racing game, like you're trying to get to the west, like a, like a Oregon Trail expansion, yeah. like post-apocalyptic. Yeah, forbidden. Yeah. That street racing is 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 hot. Uh. You guys, you guys, you guys, uh, Mike, welcome to the show. How you been? Uh, I've been great. Thanks. Uh, I feel like I have to forewarn you guys. Uh-oh. You guys have always given me a topic, you know, like mm. Elden Ring, mm-hmm. like we do a deep dive, dead space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. the night before the show, I always write like a lot of notes, you know, mm-hmm. which is why I probably sound a little bit more robotic because I'm actually reading from a script. You sound prepared. Yeah, uh, I'm not yeah. today. I, uh, you guys oh, are getting okay. unscripted, Mike, and we're gonna see how this actually works out. It's fine. That's all right. Just remember, yes and. I'm, uh, I'm, that's, that's the rules of improv. Yes and. I'm bringing all my improv skills today, <laughs> which are <laughs> which are so, abundant. So I didn't take improv in high school. Is that like you riff off of what the person's already doing instead of starting a new topic? Like, what's the I, I need an improv. So you never say no. no. You never, you never say, say no. no. Okay. Because if you say no, you're like you're like stopping the yeah. flow. You're fucking with the flow, right? Okay. You're like taking control yeah, too. And then and is how you add stuff. Yeah, you're also you're, you're you're subverting. But like if you say and, you can add to it, right? So you can mutate it. You can grow. You can still contribute, but you just can't be like, no, actually, it's got to be yes and. Yes, I feel and like, no. I feel like that works too in terms of conversations because I have there are people in my life who I know who I try to generate conversations with and I'll be like, Oh, did you see the new uh, Marvel movie or something? Just, you know, for whatever. And they'll just say yes. 
and then they, <laughs> and then they, it's like, okay, give me more. You gotta say and. <laughs> it's like you know, I'm trying to start some sort of small talk because this is a party yeah. and I don't know what to talk about. I'm trying to get a conversation in, and they're just like, yes, no, and I'm like, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, this is Jordan Peterson's eleventh rule for life. Uh, yes, and. I'm sorry. Who is that? Please, uh, I've never sage, heard of him. Master of, of, of men everywhere, <laughs> subjugator of women. Apparently, uh, uh, Jordan Peterson, <laughs> subjugator of women. <laughs> sounds sounds like an Elden Ring character. Jordan Peterson, or, subjugator of Jordan women, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, Twitter troll. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, next, uh, what's what happened at the Sony State of Play, Warren? Um. So the Sony did a State of Play on Thursday, and. Uh, the pitch before the state of play was that it was going to be mainly just a showcase of Suicide Squad with some PSVR announcements and PSVR 2 announcements and then some third-party titles. I watched it so you guys don't have to. Um, I thought it was a, a, a pretty, it was a pretty bad presentation, and it's kind of gotten me thinking that um i think sony's state of plays it's weird because sony has a lot of momentum right now but the way they've decided to go about these showcases have been so route uh, wrote and just so like self-defeating like they just kind of announced the state of play beforehand and they're like don't expect too much we're just mm. doing like some third party stuff and they just mm. announce it like two days before and then they they go in and they do their thing and everyone kind of comes out disappointed like that could have been an email that could have been a blog post like why why does it have to be this weird slow dip trip feed of so excitement? you're saying it's it's a zoom meeting this is a work zoom meeting basically yeah yeah and uh uh the worst part of it too is that um suicide squad just looks bad it just looks mm. suicide squad for for here's the thing rocksteady is a studio the reason why I loved that Arkham trilogy they did is that they kind of took the rock star kind of brand of storytelling and mixed it with like something like Bioshock and these big kind of triple A hitters of the time, but applied that prestige to the superhero drama. So like you had that mature level of gameplay and level design and storytelling, but in a superhero game and it was so good. This just looks like live service crap. It just looks like <laughs> a loot grind. Uh, there's battle passes. Uh, you're just kind of going around in this crackdown style aerial combat, and you're just shooting spots on the map and fighting generic enemies. And um, the Suicide Squad members don't have a discernibly different play style. Like King Shark is an acrobat. Harley Quinn is an acrobat. Captain Boomerang's an acrobat. Like everyone's an acrobat for some reason, and they can like fly and jump everywhere. And I'm just like looking at this, and I'm like, this is Rocksteady. Like Rocksteady's making this knockoff crackdown live service game. It's just, I can't believe it. It's like it's like Bioware 2.0. Um, I don't mm. know if you any of you have watched it. I did, but it, it, you did. I I didn't watch the whole thing because it was just very mediocre looking. But I I I was just surprised as someone who's moderately consumed DC through most of their life that I didn't recognize any of these characters other than Harley Quinn. Like there's a street shark character looks like, and then there's like, right. uh, I don't even know some, is it cyborg? Is that who that's supposed to be from Titans? Teen Titans? I think it's a dead shot. I don't know who that is. Who it is. It just is like, okay. they have these like F list characters and I'm like, where's like Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman and the justice league. Like, where are those characters? Like, why do they have these like F tier characters that no one knows? I mean, Harley Quinn, but like that's the only one that I know. <laughs> Mike, do you know these well, characters? I think, 
Uh, well, I mean, I've seen the movie. Uh, oh, is I it think from a movie? What uh, the the Suicide Squad. I yeah, see. there was. I, I think I there was actually that. two movies. I I saw the most recent one with uh, uh, King King Shark. It was you know it was it was a fairly enjoyable movie. I think what they're trying to do though is sort of capture that Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. you know, C tier D tier you know type characters because like everybody knows Batman, everybody knows Superman. So they're trying to you know maybe maybe give something a little 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 fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least, you know, not not as ingrained. I wonder if that's going to work for them. It's like scraping the bottom of the barrel. Is how I, that's how I saw it, you know? But I also think, like, um, and maybe this is just cynical, but I just think, like, WB is like, we want to have a destiny, too. We want to have the big service yeah. grinder, you know? Because that's just money. And uh, so I think, I think that's kind of how I see it. It's just that, basically. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I actually don't have a problem with mm. the canonical yeah. nature of the characters where they're just like D tier, F tier characters because I like <clears throat> what I like James Gunn. I like what he did with Peacemaker, and I like what he did with Suicide Squad. I think that kind of storytelling can be done well. Uh, the problem is, is that it doesn't. It just doesn't seem like DC. Like the tone feels all off. Like it feels more like Marvel, actually. <laughs> like yeah. uh, the quippy characters. Uh, Boomerang saying stuff like he's right behind me, isn't he? Like those kind of quips that have been memed to death. And the the one silver lining to all of this, I think, is that with Forspoken coming out and with the God of War Ragnarok puzzles and quipping and now this, it seems like the whole quippy thing we've been talking about for the past like year, it seems like it's finally coming to a head in the mainstream and it's finally seeping into the mainstream where they're like, okay, the style of writing is not working anymore. We can't just keep doing this. <laughs> so that's the one silver lining. But yeah, I just think it looks bad. A very bad game. I hope I'm wrong, but I doubt hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, Bummer, man. However, what did you think about this new Call of Duty game? This uh, this like zombie Call of Duty game. I really don't see that. Who wrote that? I'm like, I do not see this as Call of Duty. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> have you okay. played a cod game <laughs> yeah uh there's just no I like mean, oh like, we're gonna go kick the rash i don't know i didn't have any that that tone i guess is how i hmm. but wait but you're talking about resident evil 4. we're talking about, about we're talking about 4, yeah. we're talking about resident evil 4 remake i think it looks so good i was so that was the best part of the conference i was just um I just think it looks like the gonzo, over-the-top, ridiculous, campy blockbuster that has been in surprisingly short supply in video games. I feel like we should be getting these all the time, but we don't. <laughs> so I'm I'm just really excited to suplex zombies. I'm really excited for just a ridiculous villain who's like, Aha! My master plan has come together! I'm excited for Luis to say like ridiculous things like, uh, vamos a rescatar la princesa Leon and just say <laughs> just be super Spanish and I'm so excited mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, like how Luis is not like um, he's not like he used to Dead. be like number one most handsome man in the old game like like he was Johnny Depp now he's like uh, he looks much more I don't know he looks very different his presentation is very different I think in this game they're going for a different vibe my only critique of the trailer is that he was fighting with leon a lot and i hope he's not going to be like a like alex npc or a bioshock infinite lady the what's her name 
I just heard Elizabeth. Surprised you didn't I just, say uh, Atreus. I'm Atreus. Any I'm any of any of oh, any of those oh. those NPCs who are with the character and they talk a lot and they have to do a lot of as long as it doesn't bring in that like linear element i'm fine i it is a japanese developed game and they don't usually do that but then again i'm like oh final Fantasy 7 remake kind of had a lot of that i don't know we'll see what happens mm. we'll see what happens but i'm not i'm just the only thing i'm like i'm like was, but everything else looks so good like they got the suplexing which is perfect um the this parry system looks so fun i'm like oh this is totally changes the game it looks like it's gonna be totally the enemies are probably getting more aggressive and intense i think I would yeah, imagine. it looks really. Um, I, I'm just excited for the camp of all things. Um, yeah, that that that's just going to be a lot of fun. I was kind of, um, I, if they went full horror, which is what they were kind of uh, alluding to earlier, uh, that would have been not. cool. That not after this trailer, it would have been cool. But I'm glad that they're not doing that because I just read the part of the reason why I liked Resident Evil Village so much is because it brought back the ridiculous camp. Yeah. And so I'm excited that they're leaning into that even further with this. So uh, I think the tone that me... might be contentious. So it kind of reminds me of like an arcade game, you know, like it's not yeah. it's not too serious. It's it's almost it's almost for all ages. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait mm-hmm. to like spin kick a zombie. That's gonna be great. I can't wait. Aaron, for what do you think? Guns. As the local RE4 hater, Aaron, what do you? Uh, <laughs> I. Th- think that it looks uh, it looks like it's going to be a good game. I think people are going to enjoy it. Uh, I don't know that it has me that hyped, but I will definitely play it. I'll buy it day one. But like watching that trailer, I'm like, yeah, this is a lot of a lot of what I don't personally love about Resident Evil. But I think I'll have a good time playing it. It's just I, I just have biases, you know, so I don't, I don't want to say any, I, I'm I think it's going to be good. Quickly on this topic, I'm going to make a very small, very, very mm-hmm. small tangent. I regret not putting re4 in my top horror game list because i think it should have been there so zach you were right i'm sorry mm-hmm. i fucked up i even told my friend ben that we did this list and he's like you didn't put re4 he's like you're like the biggest re4 lover i've ever met how could you have not put it in your top yeah. list it doesn't even make sense so and i'm like yeah you're right. I, I i have a thought that, that, that i watched this trailer mm-hmm. and the first thing i thought was thank god we didn't put resident evil 4 in our top five <laughs> horror games <laughs> I was like, thank God, this it looks fun, but it looks like like Army of Darkness or something. Like it, it's like, it looks fun more than horrific. I guess is the is the way to say it. I, I think guess it comes down to like how you define horror then, like and what you look for in horror. Because actually, I, I, I be think scared. I think Resident Evil Four is still scary. Resident Evil Four has yeah. some scary moments. It's there's the yeah. I think the parts when you're in the village by yourself in four feel very like oppressive and especially when it's storming later like in late like a little when you go back to the village and then same with obviously mm-hmm. some of the most infamous enemies regenerators just just i think there's a lot of parts where you're like that do have a really oppressive scary feel to them but the story tone is yeah. outrageous but i think that kind of to me that works that's like what i like about the franchise because it's always like kind of that way yeah uh, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Like, Aaron, I think... Just, it looks like a lot of fun. I, th- I think you would like Resident Evil 7. I think you're a Resident Evil 7 guy if you played it. I've... Uh, I, I've From what I've heard from others, it does sound like Resident Evil 7 would be the game that I would I would should try. Uh, I might play it. Maybe I'll play it in VR cause, uh, so I can... I can get sick while I'm getting scared. <laughs> that's probably really the like most... Uh, that's probably the most proper horror of the recent Resident Evil. That game is like spiritually Resident Evil 1. Like it's like it's yeah. like going back to that style. You're it's in, also, you're, you're so, it also finishes what 
it, mm. it also finishes like what pt would have done like that was kind of mm. like what they were thinking with it. it's not as scary as pt but it's you could tell when they were making it they were like oh P- silent hills got canceled let's just make silent it's hills. funny because they said that that was not the case as they told that's what they said whether that's true or not <laughs> but they were like we had no that had no impact on our development we we're already doing this <laughs> oh, that's pretty yeah. funny i mean first person horror was becoming a thing i think it was because of amnesia primarily and they they definitely did not copy pt i think it's funny they actually they said that um yeah which is like uh thou dost protest too much yeah yeah i think they didn't need to say anything it was unnecessary yeah hmm. Anyway, we, we went on a long Resident Evil tangent, but that is the Sony showcase. Um, there's some other stuff that was there, but I personally am not interested in a lot of the stuff. Like, I don't know what it is, but Sony's library of like double A and indie games, like the style that they choose to curate doesn't really do it for me. Like, they just kind of feel like indie games that are like, we are mm. indie games with a budget and it's about discovering yourself. Yeah. And these deep emotions you have and like i think that's fine like i don't want to shit on that because i know that kind of style does a lot for people but it's just it's just oh not my god that's like. you basically summed up how i feel every time i watch it these these i'm like okay this is not for me fine it's cool but like yeah it's it's like sony played uh what remains of edith finch and then they just decided to curate all of their indie stuff based on that game <laughs> And it's becoming a little little trite for me, but that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there is a Resident Evil 4 special demo coming soon, which is cool. Also, uh, I, guess in, I don't think anybody said anything about the Mercenaries being added back. Which that's, I think Kevin's I'm so about excited. That. I love Mercenaries. Five star uh, every day. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, I will definitely be day one for me. Uh, guys, let's get into some controversy for a moment. Are you ready to get controversial? Controversial? Yes. I don't know if I can speak right now. Uh, Atomic Heart. Have you heard of it? Yes. No, I haven't. Yes. I haven't. Yep. Do you, do you guys know what the... there there is There is some controversy, which I should mention prior to talking about my experience with the game. Um, does anybody know what it is or want to talk about it? Well, uh, I think there's yeah. multiple controversies oh, at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. What, tell, tell me what you know. Well, the one that uh, I, I recently saw that kind of made me feel a little grossed out is the two ballerina twins, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't I, I've not gotten that far in the game. I've only played it, you know, probably like an hour. Um, I think it's alluded that they are sex dolls. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they are actually it was it was pointed out on Twitter. They look their their hairstyle is shockingly similar to a Ukrainian diplomat. Oh. Yeah. Um, who, okay. Which, I, I so not a, the I reason why have. that's a little gross is uh, this is developed by a Russian uh, game company. Yeah. I, I should also mention that I believe like uh, there's like pigs are heavily featured in the game and like the pigs are supposed to be like symbolic of how Russians view Ukrainians and the colors blue and yellow are often associated with those pigs uh, from what I've heard. Um, so yeah. I would point out and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. There is a good article by Renata Price from uh, Vice Waypoint 
yeah. who looked at the controversy. Like the big controversy around the game is that they said they were from Cyprus, but it seems like they're actually from, or they've been inconsistent about saying where the company's based out of. And the company's based out of Moscow, which makes them Russian. And obviously there's a war going on right now. So people have some mixed feelings about that. Um, I don't think that much of the claims about there being propaganda in the game check out uh renata price also investigated this and said that they seem kind of flimsy um definitely worth reading the article if you're interested in knowing that the thing that 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 does have a little weight to it i guess is that the game was funded indirectly by a company that is associated with the russian government so potentially if you buy the game some amount of your money may go to the russian government which which then could theoretically be used to contribute to the war effort in ukraine what do you guys think about that? I think uh, anytime you buy a game on the Epic Game Store, you're getting some money to Tencent, which is going to Fortnite. So or, let's talk about that. Like, uh, let's, yeah. let's not forget no, the no elephant eth- in the room here, people. There's no, yeah, right. like, there's no ethical consumption on their capitalism. So that's that's a tired phrase, but like, <laughs> I do find some of these uh, where people are drawing their lines in the sand to be a little strange. Like, I I I think you could make the argument that there may be like propaganda in this game but i don't i don't think there is but that's i think that's kind of up to you guys um like nintendo just a couple days ago it was revealed that uh, a eight percent stake in nintendo is owned by saudi arabia wow so if you buy you're buying a zelda game you're 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 giving the the saudi royal family money like there there's a lot of like um every piece of uh and this is not to my i think i am kind of mudding the waters here but i, I just think that's like people pick and choose these things kind of strangely i think and um like pretty pretty much every piece of gaming hardware has has some possibility of being kind of traced back to like a slave labor camp like it's quite possible that your xbox or your playstation was in part constructed by by people in china like uyghurs in forced labor camps Uh, yeah i i I, I mean every every component of our you know the laptops phones we're on i mean they're all you know they're all mined usually in, um, you know, in Congo, terrible country, uh, possibly child labor issues, yeah. slaves. Uh, yeah, it's it's very difficult to to kind of go down that rabbit hole and and still feel justified in everything that we have. At the same time, you know, we're all living in this world together. You know, like like we all we all enjoy like we all we all deserve to enjoy the arts. We all deserve to enjoy, you know, film, games, music, uh, etc. I will say, though, the one the one pushback I have or maybe not pushback, but like kind of like the other side of the argument is like, I'm not going to like go and police like a non-binary person or a trans person for not playing Hogwarts Legacy. You know, it's like. Like what? You draw your line in the sand there, but not for this. Like I feel no, I, of course. I feel like it's really just up to the consumer. Like what you know. Like if something directly impacts them, like I totally understand them not participating in the purchase of that product. Yeah. No. And I think that it's it's unfortunately a very personal decision how, how you spend your money. And I think yeah, if you think that your money is going to contribute to something that you find harmful in the world, and you don't want to buy a product like that's i would never tell somebody not to do that definitely right? yeah. like, right. I, I would yeah. always be, support that decision uh so so just to get that out of the way i like like i do think it's worth reading this article by renata price um 
that I think mostly pours water on the some of this this controversy because because uh, I have been playing Atomic Heart and I do. Wow, like you're such a bad game. person, Incredibly, Aaron. Wow. I know. Well, <laughs> I it's such a flawed game. Like it's it, it ha, it's doing so many things that I don't like in video games, but I keep wanting to go back to it, and I can't totally figure out why. Other than it's like the first game I've played, like big budget AAA game, other than maybe like a FromSoft game that doesn't feel like it's been sanded down at every service by a million focus groups. Like it kind of feels like this game was never focused grouped. Like it's like so undiluted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Can you give uh, me a little like information on the game? Cause like I've only seen. So let's talk about yeah. what is atomic heart. Yeah. Atomic heart is it, it is a alternate history game that takes place, I believe in 1955 and it's very much Bioshock inspired. It, it's a utopian society. That's supposed to be the Soviet union in 1955. If they had discovered some court, some sort of magic like technology that transformed the world and was able to do magical things to people. Um, so it's very, very inspired by yeah, Bioshock. Bioshock. Some it kind of like walks the line between Bioshock infinite and Bioshock. Um, and it's also inspired by prey fallout and um and like Westworld, like very like a PC gamer called it Eastworld, which just cracked me up because I was like, That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, so you start the game and there is like this hour long intro before you even really get to start playing the game, yeah. uh, which normally I'm not a huge fan of. I, I I don't find particularly defensible, and the main character is super annoying, and he's constantly talking to his glove. And they're having these like they're bickering and having these obnoxious conversations, but like you walk through this utopian Russian, uh, Russian Soviet society in the clouds that's just gorgeous, and you're there's all this like like uh, Soviet era pop music playing, which really adds to it. I, I don't know. There's so much going on here that it's like it's hard to say. But like at its core, it wants to be Bioshock. Doesn't have the systemic depth of uh, Bioshock, but it has the visuals and the spectacle. So is it? Is the gameplay like an immersive sim or is it an FPS? It's an FPS. It's not, it, it, it like wants you to think it's an immersive sim. There's a 451 oh, okay. reference like right off the bat, <laughs> but like there's no, it's like you can't, there's no systems interacting at all. Do you, can you, can you zap them and then whack them like in Bioshock? You can zap them and okay. whack them, but you can't zap the water when they're standing okay. in it. Like the powers don't really interact in any very interesting ways other than very straightforward stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it also, I don't know, it, it, so I've played it an hour, like, I I got through that first introduction where um, things finally start to happen, right? I met, I met Granny, and I'm swinging an axe, but that's pretty much mm -hmm. as far as I've gotten. Um, okay, it doesn't, you actually haven't quite got there yet. <laughs> yeah, like, so far, it doesn't feel weighty, you know, like, mm. like you swing an axe, and it sort of goes through something, like, it doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't have that sort of polished feedback, so, like, yeah. And that's sort of everything in the game, like uh, even like the water simulation, like everything is when you glance at it, it looks very good. But then when you actually critique it, it it, it lacks, you know, some of that polish. Right. Like even all mm -hmm. the NPCs standing around, they're like they're all the exact same height, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, the, the the sort of robots you interact with, they're literally carbon copy enemies. But, you know, it, it does sort of have that like Bioshock intrigue. So mm -hmm. I kind of want to see what it has to offer besides, you know, my immediate criticism. Yeah. 
So I noticed when I watched the trailers, the fidelity of and uniqueness of animation going on was like astounding. Like there were so many different things with really high fidelity animation moving around in really cool ways in a way that was like really stunningly striking. Is that how the game plays mm -hmm. or is this just like, like the snippets of the best parts of the game that we saw? Like, uh, it, it looks really unique and it looks, I mean, like I, like I, I won't can't stress this enough. There's a lot of flaws, but it looks pretty much like it did in the trailers um it looks really it, it, it's constantly a marvel to look at I think, that's cool so far for me i played like four or five hours and they really want to show you the set pieces yes yes <laughs> <laughs> you uh aaron you know you mentioned the renata price uh, i actually listened to and i believe you did too their podcast about atomic heart yeah and it was really interesting listening to it because they were really critical of it like really critical mm -hmm. of it but I think it was like Patrick Klepik, if I'm not mistaken, yep. who was like, this is the best like six or seven out of 10 game I've played in a while. And it's I, yeah. I start to see that. I've been seeing that pop up a lot. Um, so it kind of sounds like that's what this is for you. Uh, for me, yeah, there's 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 a lot of things to criticize it for. And it's, again, like I said, it's doing a lot of things I normally wouldn't tolerate in other games. But it feels so undiluted and so like such a like pure vision of what whoever wanted to make this game like didn't have a lot of stops put in front of them maybe they needed a few stops to make a better game but like like it doesn't feel like what i'm used to playing even though it is like really trying to be bioshock there's there's just there's something to the game that just keeps bringing me back it's kind of hard to explain is there uh, i do really wish that the voice acting was mm. better mm. um so like when i play a game uh, especially one that, that is obviously set in a particular culture, I want to experience that culture, right? Yeah, like, yeah. if I'm in this uh, alternate history of the USSR um, and I see Cyrillic writing on the walls, I want to hear people who sound like that. And yep. these people sound like, actually, the main character, his voice actor sounds exactly like V from Cyberpunk. So I kept expecting yeah. him to say like, "Hey, Choom," uh, and like the, <laughs> Choom. the dialogue between the glove and the character is really bad, and it's almost bad. too identical to Iron Man, where you know Tony Stark is Jarvis. talking to Jarvis like that. That sort of like snarky, stupid banter uh, is really, really overdone, and and their characters just sound too much like that. Mm. Uh, I want to hear people with an accent. I would, I would actually yeah. have preferred to play the entire game in Russian uh, as long as they would have had English subtitles. But uh, I don't, I don't think that's possible. I think you can do that. Uh, I haven't figured out how to do it, but I saw somebody mention that online. I don't know. I should look into that before I, before I say for sure, but I think you can. And, and I would also prefer that. That's one thing I can't stand the lead, the lead uh, character like sounds like, like he could be from LA or something. Yeah. And, um, and like, like he's supposed to, his name's like, he looks Russian as fuck. He looks exactly like a guy who sat next to me on a Russia uh, Aeroflot flight to Moscow. But like, He's like, yeah, man, or it doesn't sound like that, but he sounds like like a kind of a California bro. Yeah, like he 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 looks like a scary Russian mobster, and he sounds like a dweeb. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I, is the gameplay good? Does it have a good enemy design? Do the guns feel nice? Does it have? Because the encounter is fun. It's open worldish. Is it linear hallways, dungeon parts? Is so it starts off very linear, from what I understand. At some point. 
<coughs> the game becomes much more open world. But like what it is, is kind of like you have an open world and then you can choose different paths to go. And there's like dungeon kind of things, okay. basically like okay. levels. Um, so far, it's been very linear for me. And um, it's it's the guns feel good. Like, I don't know. It, it's they're They're not perfect. Mike was totally right about the melee combat not feeling perfect. Mm. Um, but like, I don't know. It's worth trying. That's why I'm saying like, try it on Game Pass maybe before you buy. If that's what you. But the thing is, if I do that, I'm gonna be like, well, I have to do this long intro again, and apparently the intro is like long and boring, and it's like an hour, right? Yeah, uh, at least Oof, thirty minutes. Man, this. Yeah, I don't know. That's rough, man. <laughs> I, I. I do think you would like. I probably it. would like it because it does look like a, like everything about it looks like like from what I've seen for the trailer, everything looks like a total Kevin game. I just I'm like, I feel conflicted paying full price for it, and um, so I saw David Jaffe say he was like, I mean, it's on Game Pass. So just, uh, yeah. yeah, just do the game. Just do a Game Pass. pass. Yeah. I saw David Jaffe say like, oh, this game got like fives and sixes and then nines. He's like, this sounds like the kind of game that I would like. It's like a mixed mixed reviews. That's that's like the best kind of game. It's a polarizing yeah. game. Like, it's one of those games that's niche, and, like, I think people, like, it, I've watched people, like, different reviewers on YouTube and stuff and, and different outlets that I appreciate. Some of them have given it really low scores, and some of them have given it really high scores. So I do think it's it, it it's unique in that it's such a, like, niche polarizing game. That's but a good sign. I, I like that, yeah. I think. Yeah. For at least the Kevin game. I feel like games journalism just needs more of that in general. Like, I look at film critics and film critics are like really you know critical of it's very rare for like a, a movie to score like nines and tens across the board unless it's like really special and it's just uh i feel like game critics just kind of fall into line and so it's kind of nice that atomic heart has this spread um mm-hmm. so it, it, it's interesting uh, i might try i might try it out i'm just kind of this it's a busy time for games so i think once things die definitely down, try it yeah yeah so i think same i think it's worth seeing that beginning like if only for the spectacle of walking around in this weird utopian soviet city in the sky for 25 minutes um hmm, this sounds really familiar hmm. what game, yeah, what game yeah, is it, this it, <laughs> uh it's yeah i mean it's it's it, it's wearing bioshock infinite like Bioshock Infinite's corpse. Ugh, it's, man, that's you know, like just, just such a like turnoff for me. You say Bioshock Infinite, I'm like, oh no, it, I don't want to play that. It plays more like Bioshock, but like I said, it doesn't really have the systemic depth. Depth like you. Because Bioshock like, Infinite doesn't either. Bioshock Infinite's like like Halo regenerating health hallway like. Yeah, uh, Rob Zachney on Waypoint described it as being kind of like splitting the difference between Bioshock One and, and Infinite. Okay. But uh, I, I do think you would. I think it's worth trying. I don't know. I think it's worth seeing. Like, there's just there is like a unique vision here. That that is that is coming together in a weird way, and even though it's really flawed, uh, I kind of enjoy it. I'll get it on budget sale. I like the prospect that this might be on Aaron's top ten of the year. I like that idea. I don't think so. I don't think that that's. I don't think that's a prospect. No, okay. <laughs> so not not no, that good. No, no, no. It'll be an honorable mention. Like like I just think that it's it's a unique experience that's like feels very different from a lot of stuff I've played. Um mostly like visually and thematically but like it's i don't know if it's gonna be i don't think i'm gonna finish it okay assuming it's a fairly long game i, I don't know damn uh, you really had me Aaron. they're going for a minute and then it got a little wishy-washy at the end i'm not gonna lie well we'll we'll see but like top 10 is is uh maybe it'll be 10 you know what i'm saying sure sure 
Mm. Uh, Oren, speaking of finishing games, we know that you do that better than anyone else. Uh, did you did you finish any games recently? Yeah, did I've you been finish any. Uh, been playing so Japanese many games. games. Yeah, I'm so like, I've just been on the grind. Like, I feel like I just need to start designating february and march it's like don't bother me months i'm playing games you know what i mean because at Mm -hmm. some point in the past few years all game developers decided to release their best games in february and march and that's just how it's been so yeah but but anyway i've been playing rgg studios new game like a dragon ishin uh kevin have you played it as well yes i played i think i'm on chapter two or three uh, I guess the part where, like, you first get chased by, like, the cops, basically. And you have to, like, hide oh, from them. Oh, for sure. That's not very for far sure. in the game, I'm assuming. No. <laughs> They're long games. Yeah, they are. I, I, uh, Lots of dialogue. I I um, decided to use President's Day weekend to just get sucked into a game. And uh, I, I was really, like, feeling it. I haven't played a Yakuza game in a long time. Um I don't want to sound like a downer because I know Kevin's probably going to like this game, but I actually didn't really like like a Dragon Ishin. I was kind of shocked to discover that because I thought I would really like it. I put about 30 hours into it. Um, the first 10 to 15 hours, I was like not really feeling it. The story wasn't grabbing me. The side stories weren't as strong as the side stories that you see in like a Yakuza 0. The The world wasn't quite as enticing me, but I to me, but I think what was... Keeping me going was the store, the sword and gunplay, which I thought was a nice uh, change up from the formula. I like the wild dancer mode. The gameplay is a little dated with the combat, but overall it had me hooked for the most part. And then the story really started to suck me in around chapter seven. And I was really starting to like it because basically like a dragon Ishin to give a big context as to like what it's trying to do. It's trying to, um, retell the story of the Meiji uh, Reformation in the 1860s in Japan when Japan was moving from a feudalist state to an imperialist state. And it's dramatizing it in like a very Yakuza-like way. Uh, The closest analogy that I would compare it to is something like Triple R, which is Triple R is about India overthrowing British imperialism, but it's doing in this really bombastic, over-the-top superhero blockbuster-like way. And that is kind of like what Like a Dragon Ishin's doing. And I was really sold on it. So I was really moved by a lot of the dialogue. But then, like, the game in the last couple of chapters, it just kind of can't get out of its own way. And the characters start... There's too many plot reversals, too many reveals, too many long monologues. And I was okay with that. But then it gets even worse. The game just kind of becomes nationalist propaganda. <laughs> the, the game just kind of nosedives and like uh i, I believe um the main character um Ryoma, Ryoma. let me actually look Ryoma he's key to you he's key to you he's key to you but yeah. Ryo, Ryoma sakamoto was actually a real person who mm. uh who died when he was really young but he was like a head samurai who was leading the effort for this reformation to towards imperialism and the, the whole motivation for that was they wanted to get rid of the clout of the British um, that were kind of coming in with their gunboat policy. Um, and and the game, he has like this whole screed about like how we have to be more isolationist. We have to re- like retain our Japanese identity and we have to get rid of the British. 
And it just read to me like propaganda. <laughs> and I'm just like playing the game and I'm just like so over it. I'm like, the plot has been wheel spinning for like chapters now. It hasn't really been going anywhere. Like all of these characters are assuming all these different identities. And now I'm getting this isolationist diatribe and I'm just like over it. I was mm. so over it by the end. And I, and I, I thought it was going crazy because I'm like, I don't want to be the sole Yakuza hater here because Yakuza is like the one universal. Everyone loves Yakuza. Yeah. So like I looked up online and there was actually um, an article, which I should have queued up by Polygon. The author's name is Kazuma. Let me actually look this up really quickly. Like a dragon, Ishin, Polygon. Yeah. Um, sorry for the slight delay, everyone. Yeah, um, the author's name is Kazuma Hashimoto, and he did a review, and he was the only reviewer who I found who talked about this problem, and I was, like, shocked that no one else has been talking about it. My charitable take is that no one else played it, or, like, you know, it's the whole, like, it's Yakuza. You could, you know, calm down. But um, he had a really interesting quote that really resonated with me. He said... While the game is a genuinely gripping narrative for a vast majority of the game, the ending veers from being a very loose interpretation of historical events and figures straight into Japanese nationalist propaganda. The game never reconciles with any of its assertions concerning Japanese isolationism, the increasingly abundant interpretations of Ryoma Sakamoto as a po political and historical figure, or the role of the Shinsegumi served. The Shinsegumi is like the uh, military unit um, that... Um, is a part of this whole uh, conflict. It only re reaffirms it all with the very bizarre footnote, which can only be described as head-scratching. For the sake of the re review, there won't be any story spoilers, but the ending is worth examining on its own terms down the road. Um, so I don't want to make it seem like an ending kind of ruined a game for me, but when I kind of got to the end of the, ga of the game, I kind of felt like I wasted my time. Because like I just mm. was really invested in this story, I was really invested in the characters and what they were doing with historical fiction. And when, and it just kind of seems like the game, like it's it's almost like whenever Yakuza wants to tackle some sort of social issue, they don't really know how to tackle it. So it just reads across as either propaganda or they just like tackled it in a terrible way. And hmm. um, I'm reminded of lost judgment, which I have not played, but I watched skill ups review of it. And skill up said like the game is trying to tackle bullying but it does it in like the stupidest, most tone deaf way possible that it ends up being like not helpful. It's like the, the way you deal with bullying is like a 40 year old man has to come into the school and beat up all the school bullies. It's like, the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> it's, My dad's going to beat your ass. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. I just thought the game was just it was it just left a weird taste in my mouth. So like I think overall the game is probably more of like a seven or eight out of ten. But for me personally, I it just like left a terrible taste in my mouth. I just didn't like it at all. But anyway, sorry to be the downer, everyone. How did you know that I go to schools beating up other boys? Because <laughs> you played Lost Judgment. I saw you platinumed it on your Xbox. See, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't play Lost Judgment, but I do think I think that's a that's a really funny premise for the game. Like if if you not if you don't, if you don't take it at face value in an endorsement way, it's definitely like a funny direction for the game to go. So like I, I don't know. I didn't play that part, but I do think Yakuza can kind of say things that are silly in funny ways. I don't know about I haven't finished this game, so I don't know. But I do think like the parts that were serious in 
Yakuza 7, which is like a dragon, which is funny because it's the seventh iteration of Yakuza, but it uses the the main title, just like Resident Evil 7, Biohazard uses the Japanese title. I was like, is this intentional? But anyways, I, <laughs> the, I felt like... Um, the story just seemed super slow and like the whole goal of the main character so far i wasn't like super interested in but i didn't think the game was bad from what i had played but i was curious to see where it goes but i have to say like coming from again yakuza 7 uh kiryu who this character is as a character is like they're both anime tropes but like kiryu is the like badass like silent kind of character who like kicks ass Whereas the Yakuza 7 character is the guy who's like the kind of incompetent doofus, but who also kind of becomes skilled. And I kind of like the incompetent doofus character, I guess, more. So I'm really more excited mm. coming to the next Like a Dragon game, which I forget the name of it now, which has both of them. And it's going to be a JRPG. I really miss the JRPG combat. I think that's just much more my speed than the brawler combat, which is pretty clunky. Like that first boss like killed me like three times because I was on hard mode and I didn't have enough heals. So I ended up basically yeah, just it's... having to repeatedly run and shoot him over and over and over again and run away and shoot him over and over again. So is the gun just super that, OP yeah. the whole game? It it is, but it had but like also the game just has difficulty spikes that come out of nowhere. Okay. Where you're like, Because I definitely what had that experience. Was like, whoa. Yeah. But it does sound I don't know. I, I'm cu- I'm curious to see how I feel about the ending, but it, it sounds like what you're saying, it does sound like that's kind of a bummer, the way that they the direction it goes, but I will play it eventually. Yeah. I think it'll be a Steam Deck game, like play on the trip or something, more than like focus on it right now. Yeah, it's just very. Um... Here's the here, here's the thing: like the modern Yakuza games that are new, that I think they've done like a pretty good job of like modern of modernizing the whole open world of Yakuza, um, where like something like Yakuza Yakuza Zero. Like, the side stories, like, the, the appeal of the side stories in Yakuza 0, and I'm sure, like, a dragon is like this, too, is that the payoffs to the side stories are almost always just incredibly ridiculous and bonkers and not what you anticipate totally. at all, you know? Totally, yeah. I don't think I don't think any of the side stories in this one reach that level. Are they ever funny? Insanity. They're funny. Like, there's a couple of, like, good ones. Um that I liked, but they never reached the heights of like helping a dominatrix be a better dominatrix. Right. right? That one's like a submissive man. That's a really, like, like there's nothing on that level of just absurdity. Um, and I just think the combat doesn't feel as good as, as the recent Yakuza's, um, though I do like the sword and gun combo. And so the one thing that was really keeping me going was the story. And the fact that the story just kind of falls flat on its face, just, um, with the pacing Bummer. like the, these ga- these games have a problem of like a character will explain like their motivations in a scene and then the next scene the character will do the exact same thing to a different character but the thing is is it's like the audience already knows that so it's like why do you have to do it again like do you have to lit like usually like a character there will be like a time lapse like let me explain and catch you up to speed and then like it will fade to black but instead in this game the characters will just do the whole explanation and it's like where's the pacing it's too garrulous the characters are talking too much and then um i think the the story is constantly being undermined by people assuming different identities and like not knowing what their true motivation is and it's like someone that you thought was dead is actually not really dead 
and then compounded with just like how it all reads like propaganda at the end of the day it just felt it was just a bad time to me i just uh it's one of those games where it's like i come to the end of my 28 hour playthrough and i'm like i didn't like the sign content i didn't really like the combat didn't really like the story i guess i don't like this game i guess it just didn't work out oh well <laughs> It's worth mentioning that this game is a, is a remake of a 2013 PS3 game as well. I think oh. I think that's a lot of the problem. I should that that's a great point. I think you feel that age a lot. But, yeah, um, I noticed that as well. But but near 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 Replicant, which came out a couple of years ago, that was also a remake of like a 2010 yeah. game, and you felt the age. But near Replicant's story is really great and really kept me hooked to the end, and it and it. That that game was fucking good just for the story, and I was really hoping this game would have that too, and it just didn't. Oh well. Mm. So, um, I recommend it if you're a huge Yakuza fan and you're able to look past some of the bullshit. Um, for me though, personally, it just didn't work out. Yeah. All right, uh, Kevin, I, I heard that you've. Uh, I guess it happened last year, but. You, you've truly learned to love the rogue light, the roguelike mm. games that have some influence. Um, I don't know about that. Or maybe just one. <laughs> really there's good just game. one really good game. I feel like as a genre, like if there's a new roguelike coming out, I'm not going to go play it. Like definitely. Uh, I'm so glad that you finally played Hitman Freelancer mode, Kevin. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, me too. I, I I've been I've been telling that like this is the mode that's going to make Hitman speak to you. No, uh, I thought we were talking about Vampire Survivors. Oh, yeah, he liked that. Too, so that's why I'm saying. I, I think Ke- I think Kevin I likes think roguelikes. I think he likes them. He's wading into the waters. Like Vampire Survivors literally does everything that makes a rogue light a rogue light. Like it, it, it like it almost is good because it's doing those things. Yeah, um, uh, we're talking about Returnal, of course. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Returnal came to PC. Returnal came to PC. Um, it's funny because there was a moment I remember when it was announced, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to play that. And Aaron was like, no, you have to play Returnal. That you're going to love that game. Like it doesn't like look past the roguelike elements. Like play Returnal, and he was right. Um, I really like Returnal. I feel like it's already like my game of the year. Like it's gonna be hard to topple now. Um, I already beat it. Um, I think in terms of like, just let me take a step back. It's a roguelike shooter in a dark sci-fi setting with a psychological horror story, and all of these elements are, I think are like as good as it gets. Basically, they're all like A plus so far from what I've seen. Um, I think the hardest pill to swallow. You beat the game. Yeah. Yeah, I beat the game. <laughs> what do you mean so far? Well, I mean so far in terms of like this year. Um, oh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I like initially I was like, this game's amazing. And then I played through it and I was like, this game's amazing. And then I was playing with Aaron and co-op and I was like, this is one of the best years I've ever played. Like it, it basically like hit a point of like, oh, wow, this is like, so I think like if I was to compare it to other games that I think are comparable to the style of it, I would say Doom Eternal and Devil Daggers, I think are like the closest two games in terms of like the the, the intensity of their gameplay and their mechanics. Like mm-hmm. I think Doom Eternal is much more like prescriptive and like busy work shooter. This game has a little bit of those things, but never to a point where it felt like I had to do a bunch of tasks like to solve this combat puzzle. Like this game only has a little bit of it. I think it was probably influenced by Doom Eternal. Um, in its design, but like it doesn't go is 
Doom Eternal is like so serious in that way. This game is much less. But but I think it's better than both of them. I think it's better than Devil Daggers or Doom Eternal. I think it's like everything I play this game, I like love it. The setting, the main character, the voice acting, like the 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 the, the music's really good. The music is the composer from Midsummer, which Bobby Kerlick. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> the uh Who knew? That's yeah, awesome, the Hyperion yeah. boss that. fight. Uh, I'm not gonna go into details, but basically you can like hear this music playing, and then as you get closer to the boss, the music gets louder and more intense. I thought that was just so cool. Um, I also found Is that the fourth boss. Yeah, I found that the design of this, the way the story itself plays out, and the design of even some of the bosses is like very Silent Hill metaphor kind of mm, psychological. Yes. And I was like, oh, this must be intentional because it really reminded me a lot of Silent Hill Two specifically in a lot of those regards. Um, Did you I notice in the underwater in the underwater level the some of the uh, floating monster drones? They have like red kind of headlights. Mm, notice that? Mm, yeah, I didn't notice that. They they fuck with you a lot, like in terms of like what like could have happened in the story and also the visual metaphors. It's very cool. Yeah, I was considerably impressed by the design of the weapons i feel like i haven't seen weapons this like revolutionary in a shooter in i don't even know how long like a long time like the all the weapon so i guess i just like want to mention like the weapons i think are incredible especially the hollow seeker the like the plasma lmg and the grenade launcher i was telling aaron last night the grenade launcher i think is the best grenade launcher i've ever used in a shooter game like and he was like quake and i'm like i think this is a better gl yeah, cue the quake, the quake grenade launcher. Yeah, I mean the quake right grenade launcher. Come on, it's incredible. But I think this one because it doesn't, it just sticks right onto the enemies and blows up. It's just so satisfying. Um, so I think the game solves, in my opinion, the like a problem of the of the looter shooter, which is like you have new weapons that level up and get stronger, but like it never feels like I'm having to deal with these like system annoying problems. And like the weapon progression, like is 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 done in a way that doesn't the power creep isn't so high like a looter shooter if you go play like three levels without upgrading your gun like you're gonna have to deal with this like doing no damage and spongy enemies this game never feels like that and i'm really impressed that they've solved that problem in such a way because i've really never seen anyone handle it like this what did you guys think about all of these things <laughs> i was just saying many well, words well, my, mike mike has been playing it mike have you yeah. been playing it yeah and uh kevin stated everything very well i I do not like rouge lights. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I feel the same way, right? Like I read about Returnal, and I was like, "This is not a game for me." But the what I saw as far as the actual gameplay, um, like the 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 sci-fi horror elements, really, really intrigued me. Um, so I got it like as soon as it released on the PC, and there are so many things that I I really love about it. Uh, I love the sound design. Um, I, I love just like the weightiness of the world. Um, I like how it subtly changes, right? So I haven't beaten it. Uh, I'm in the sort of like winter frozen land and I'm bashing my head up good, against the good, wall right about now. Good, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. So hard. Um, uh, and it like, it's, it's been a really challenging game. I thought I beat it. You know, like when you, when mm, you go through that, that sort of yeah. first cycle, I was like, dude, this was great. That's one of the best. That's one of the best moments in the in like any game. Yeah, yeah. I was blown and, away that by that. Incredible. Yeah, and I I loved the despair. Like you could feel it. Uh, and then I realized, like, wait, this isn't just New Game Plus. This is this world's different. And then you really start noticing all the little details. 
Uh, speaking of Silent Hill, I love that the house is basically PT. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very, very short, but it seems like that was very intentional, especially like with with the hallway, and you know things things happen to you. Um, one of the other subtle details is I don't know if you guys noticed, but the astronaut will appear off in the distance sometimes. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. super creepy. Oh, that's awesome. It's so mm. cool. Yeah. So there's there's just a ton of subtlety. Uh, I'm also I. I have the DualSense controller, so I'm I'm using that, and I only flipped over to the mouse and keyboard once, uh, because the the the, the first right. major boss fight was so hard for me. Um, but I feel that the DualSense controller is very additive to the game. Uh, mm. I really love the haptic feedback for the firing. Uh, I like that it makes use of the little mini speaker. Um, it seems to to sort of immerse you in the world even more. So that's why I'm 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 still like insistent that I play it with with that controller only, really? o- only cheating to use my mouse and keyboard when I'm stuck. <laughs> okay, wow, that's the game definitely becomes uh, it is really cool with the controller and and the way that it used that. It's probably the first game I think that really smartly used the uh, the PS5 controller. But man, the game becomes it just feels so much more skillful to me, I guess, because I'm just way better with a mouse keyboard. Oh, no, believe me, I've keyboard. I've almost thrown the controller across the room like yeah, a handful yeah. of times. It's it is it tests my patience. The thing that I do not like about the roguelite elements, though, are the non persistence of attributes, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's fair. So like like in contrast, I really like Vampire Survivors. That's actually like my new you know uh, nightly game, right? Because like mm-hmm. I can play it for half an hour straight. I like the persistence of your upgrades. Like you can buy upgrades. Whereas Returnal, when you die, you die, and it's like it mm-hmm. it hurts so much to have that weapon proficiency reset and your health reset, mm-hmm. and it's really good at punishing you. Um, sort of like Demon Souls. Like when you die, you get less health. You die again, you get even less, and you're like, wait a minute, no, this is the wrong way. Like Mm. I, I clearly need help. Yeah. Uh, Returnal does the same thing, where it's like the only way to upgrade your health is to not get hit. Yeah. Mm. So, like to me, it's been, it's it's mixed in that sense. And like, I love the world so much. I love the setting. I love like the acting, everything. But I really don't like that part, and it's 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 been a struggle. Hmm. So, the one thing I wanted to say to you about the roguelike stuff is that I. Again, also on the same boat. Do not like roguelikes, um, usually. Um, I found that the... I had the feeling initially that dying was really frustrating, and then as I played it more and kind of got more... Honestly, my favorite part of the game, I think, is unlocking weapon traits. Like, finding a new weapon trait, and like, oh, I haven't gotten this yet. What is this? Is And then, like, grinding it out. Something about that's just really satisfying to me. Um, but I, it felt like dying, because you could do level skips, wasn't as impactful as it was, like, in something like binding of isaac or yeah. dead cells honestly dead cells like should be a game that i love in every possible way like it's a it's 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 a castlevania like now it even has castlevania content coming out like that should be like the most kevin oh, yeah. kevin game ever but i don't like it because the roguelike like when i when i get right time at the end of that game i stop i'm like okay i'm dead I'm, I, I screw this game i'm uninstalling it but i did not have that with eternal at all because i guess i don't know like i'm guessing it's the, the design of the game but i also felt like it is very punishing when you die, but it felt closer to like. It felt closer to me to like Doom Pistol Start, than. Dead Cells, I guess, is my thought. Yeah. But it still is like Aaron and I last night were doing a run co-op, and we were like, "Oh, we got this!" Like we have like all tons of health, and then we got to the final boss, and 
<laughs> we died. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're like, okay, we're going back. And like, you know, we basically lost like an hour. So there is a definite death, death penalty, but I guess it like, I don't know. I, I wasn't frustrated with it. Whereas other games, mm-hmm. I've, I'm, I'm having a hard time putting my finger on like what it is exactly, but. I have a yeah. small theory from personal experience Sometimes I think it's just the genre of the game because the genesis of roguelites is like in side scrollers, mm-hmm. and I personally don't like side scrollers that much. I just, yeah. I just didn't grow up with them. I don't enjoy playing them that much. Like Hollow Knight, which isn't a roguelite, but like I don't really get the hype for that game. I'd rather just play tar- Dark Souls. Dead Cells is like the same way, and I think that genre didn't truly start to click with me until Hades. Um, because, like, I, I guess I just like the isometric take more. And then, obviously, I played Returnal, and I love shooters. So I don't know if it's, like, the genre itself that I don't like. I think it's just that I got kind of a bad taste in my mouth early on because I was just, like, not really that into side-scrollers. Mm. Um, so. Yeah. I, I do feel like there's something, and I think we'll talk a little more about this in a minute. Or, But, like, AAA games treat you to sort of like they put you on this wheel of like getting powerful and like they treat you to like really like covet that so that when you when a game can take that away from you you're like wait that's not what's supposed to happen because all these other games have trained me to play another way yeah yeah i i felt like the risk reward of the game was very satisfying like i like i got it i was like okay i see what they're going like i understand what this genre is trying to do of the like you know should i take like I mean, it reminds me of other games where you're like, oh, I'm at a place and I can, I'm at a safe spot like, and I can go forward and risk losing something or not. Um, and I definitely felt like that because like, the, the death penalty was severe. But it also kind of, I don't know, I just didn't feel like it was that big of a deal when I died. I never had a frustration when I died in that game. Hmm. You should have played with the controller. You, uh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, you would have had some frustration and get to level five, me. play for two hours, three yeah, hours, that, and the, then die and be like, "Oh my god, I'm not playing this game." The, the snow yeah. level is the hardest part part of that game, hands down. I, I think like, yeah. I think for the snow level, I just got to the point with that level where I was like, I am no longer gonna try to beat this level i'm just in a zen state i'm just gonna play it and eventually i will beat it and that's how i eventually mm. beat it but it was it, it it took like a little bit of that kind of dark souls resetting expectations like i'm yeah, not yeah. gonna beat this <laughs> right away <laughs> that's actually where i'm at right now mm. where it was like i had to, I, had, I had to put it down for a few days you'll get there you just have to like remove the emotion from it like what you do with FromSoft the best tip I can give you is to use your alt fire every time it's on cooldown like always Mm -hmm. spam it if you don't that's like was my problem once I started doing that I beat the game before that like I didn't start using alt fires until I got to that snow level and that was the oh that's actually a good strategy yeah Yeah, Yeah. I feel like I've been I've been saving the alt fire like for special occasions you know like like a larger enemy or a boss basically every time those assholes with the rockets those drones and the snow would show up i would alt fire and like run to cover and wait for it to come back and alt fire them again Mm -hmm. like that's what i had to do in some of those fights to to, to beat them how long is the alt fire it depends on the weapon but there's a weapon that it can break their shield and like that weapon you can just snipe Mm. enemies with it like on corners you can Mm. corner snipe and that's something i feel like those rockets aoe just was so the collision was so high on those rockets like i was dodging getting hit by them yeah so yeah 
Also, uh, um, always get the astronaut. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah astronaut is 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 essential. the one more thing I wanted um, to mention that game real quick was just I felt like it's like mm-hmm. visually such a stunning game in a way that I really mm-hmm. don't think I've seen in a lot of other games. Um, the HDR is so striking, and like the way that they set up these bullet hell, just kind of like I love that it's a bullet hell game because it really takes me back so to playing. Cool. Like huge levels in Doom where there's like imps, fireballs, and hell everything's just flying at you. And there's just this like mass of just projectiles everywhere. I love that. I love that this game is all about that. And the the HDR is just so striking. And apparently, they I read that they they color coded um, their blog posts in this game by the developers are really cool to read. They said that they color coded the projectiles by their speed and danger to the player. So like you kind of intuitively start to learn the colors oh that's so oh, cool yeah. i didn't even think about interesting that, but my brain pro- cool. my brain recognized it but i didn't <laughs> yeah uh it's man i've been having fun playing it on pc i have mostly been playing hitman but i have picked it up and kevin and i played some co-op which was really really fun worked way better than i, I never ever played co-op on ps5 it's really um, fun in co-op it's think, a good uh, co-op game it works really well definitely it, I'm not sure if it makes those bosses like way harder because <laughs> yeah. we were playing in the third so boss. <laughs> One hit me from oh, with wow. like with like two bars of health. Which I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Uh, but it's 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 a very fun co-op game. Uh, it does have some some issues on PC currently. I guess more with Nvidia cards maybe than AMD cards. But I have some kind of even though the game runs at a really high frame rate and looks incredible with the highest settings. It's just always stuttering a little bit. It's kind of like, man, please fix this. I, I don't like that. So um, I had the same issue. And what I think helped is an, mm. is enabling resizable bar. Mm. And that was, I mean, it's a combination of like three or four BIOS settings. And you have to update your GPU's firmware. Oh. Uh, and even then, in the NVIDIA control panel under system information, it'll tell you if resizable bar is enabled or not. And it took me like four or five reboots and firmware updates. Like I, I, I updated my motherboard BIOS. Mm. I rechecked mm. every little step. Um, GPU-Z, which is sort of like CPU-Z, but obviously for your GPU, um, it'll tell you specifically what you would need to enable or disable, and it'll tell you you know, whether your firmware is out of date. So... For me, that seemed like it helped sort of that like micro stutter that was constantly mm-hmm. happening because, yeah, like the yeah. frame rates are like you know 90, 100, uh, but it was yeah. just it was constant like every time you moved, yeah. It, there's always just like it feels it feels like judder almost, yeah, on like a but I don't I have G Sync, so I, I don't know. And I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting like, like really high frame rates and it's just it doesn't make sense. So, so like I don't know if you know, um, it's a placebo, right? Like if it's just you know some sort of one-off anecdotal experience, but it, it seemed like it helped. I've been waiting I will try that. all week yeah. for like NVIDIA to release a driver that specifically says, yeah. you know, returnal fixes. Yeah. But, you know, this is this is what I got so far. Hmm. Uh, I will say it looks, it looks fantastic on PS5. It looks even more stunning on PC with just everything cranked up. It's just such, the, all the details just pop right out of the screen in a way that they don't quite as much. And it's just... It, the world just comes to life. It's it's really it's gorgeous. Uh, that game is good. I think it's the last <clears throat> truly great uh, PS5 exclusive. Um, it's, it's just such a good game. The soothsayer. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of uh, games, people have been spending a lot of time with. Uh, we talked about this last podcast, but Oren, how many times have you completed uh, a campaign in Hitman Freelancer? Four. Four times. 
let me ask you a question, okay? Because this this mode, right, Hitman Freelancer is the the uh, rogue-like-ish mode for Hitman, which which has permadeath and you're not supposed to be able to save or replay levels. However, Oren, did you know, and I think you might know, that there is a way to slightly save scum in this game? Uh, you just rage quit. Yeah, you rage quit. Play the level. I actually found. So have I actually, you been rage quitting? I actually found that out literally yesterday. Um, oh, I didn't. So I didn't know. So I have at least three untainted campaigns. Oh, right. That's that's very impressive. Yeah, it's hard as fuck. Um, yeah, I feel like they should fix the rage quitting. I think that would that would be a good patch. I think so too. Because as soon as I found that out, like like I try not to do it, but then I'll be in a mission and I have like an epic sniper rifle that I paid like 20,000 mercs for or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, and everybody's targeting me. And I, I could just rage quit and save this. And, and I, and know that it would, I, I, they need to fix that. That, that should not be possible. Yeah. They should, they should patch it. Uh, I, I, when I found out about it literally yesterday, um, yeah, I did it a couple times. So my fourth, my fourth campaign is a little compromised. Okay. Like, Fair. Whatever. That's fair. You're not the only one. Um, uh, but those three are untainted, for the record. That's, that is extremely impressive. Um, man, I got to the final uh, stage of, of things, and I uh, I accidentally blew myself up, which I love <laughs> that it can happen. <laughs> I, I accidentally dropped a proximity mine at my feet and then triggered it. Oh, no. Like, right at the start of a mission. Uh. And I was like, my god what did i do and i had like a you know like a epic uh shotgun that i'd been using that had just been like i had been cruising through the levels with that silent shotgun yeah i mean that's i had a really devastating final mission fail where it was whittleton creek and i was in the treehouse and i was sniping and I, Mm. i realized that i didn't have like a guard uniform on so like i fired a shot and like I hit the target, so I killed the target. But like yeah. then two guards saw my disguise, and I was trapped in, trapped in the treehouse. And then I just got swarmed by like thirty guards, and it was it was over. I I, I almost mm. threw my controller. <laughs> it was oh pretty God. bad. But uh, uh, but dude, like what a great game mode! I like cannot believe how fucking good it is. Like I just feel like uh, I've been playing it for the past month. Um, I th- last podcast that we did, I said, once I've kind of sat on it for a little bit, like either Dead Space Remake or Hi-Fi Rush or Hitman Freelancer Mode will be like the front runner for Game of the Year. And I'm pretty confident at this point that it's Hitman Freelancer because I just can't stop playing it. It is so immersive. I, f- I really feel like I'm just like, I'm this assassin, this world assassin building his secret hideout and just going on missions and taking contracts. And uh, I, even when I'm just like practicing in the firing range or I'm like going through my house and I'm, and Mm -hmm. I'm preparing for my mission. Gosh, I I really haven't ever felt this way playing any video game ever where like, I really feel like I'm completely role playing as this character. And um, I just can't get enough. It, It is, it's almost too addicting. It, it really is. I, I agree with you with the role-playing. I actually spent a whole day grinding out 20 levels to unlock one outfit so that I could have some better threads before a mission. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's go. Um, but, like, the thing that, that I think makes this so interesting, right? Like, Kevin, when you play Hitman, 
you can find it a little boring, right? I, I'm sorry, I'm speaking That's for you. Fine. Because you, it, it ends up being like a puzzle. puzzle. Solved, like, yeah. how do I, how do I configure these outfits to get into these different areas, mm-hmm. right? So the thing about Hitman Freelancer is you can play it like Metal Gear Solid Two, where like there are missions where it's like kill five guards with a shotgun. Um, so you can start clearing out sections of the map. You definitely cannot own the whole map, right? There's no way you could just like massacre everybody, which I think is perfect because it makes it so much more tense. Um, and you can't save scum, but like you can take out little pockets so you can make little safe areas. And so like I use combat constantly. I'm constantly killing guards now, which makes it like a totally different game. It's like I'm playing Metal Gear Solid or something. Um, that is cool. And it, 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 oh. It's uh, it, what, what's so yeah, like what's so good about it is that like my biggest problem with the previous Hitman uh, level design is that like the game really wants you to just do Silent Assassin, which is cool, but this mode really it's not really about that. Like you can kind of play it. The game isn't constantly encouraging you to play it different ways, like kill three guards with an SMG. Um, I've had some like insane levels where things have gone awry. And, like, I had to just figure out how to get out of a situation. And, like, I leave, like, a trail of bodies behind me. But I'm able to, yeah. like, get the targets and get out of there. And it's, like, really thrilling. Like, it turns in... It goes from, like, Metal Gear Solid to, like, John Wick. Like... Yeah. Yes. Or, like, James Bond or something. Like, yeah. Like, you're, like, going into, you know, the casino and then everything goes wrong. And you have to take out all the fucking guards and run out in a gunfight. And, like... That sounds much more fun. It, it's that's what's fun. I also like the chase of such, Metal Gear. Like yeah. you, like like there's guards chasing you. Like you go to like hide in the closet. And they're all looking for you. Like like that kind of stuff. Dude, not just like you can totally do the cat and mouse. Yeah, stuff. that's the fun stuff. Is like tricking them. Uh, I had. Uh, I I do want to bring up one example to kind of sell you on this moment. I actually uh, on this style of gameplay. I was yesterday. I was playing Sapienza, and um, I was like, uh, there were two targets, and one of the target was the person I had to kill while the other one like was a fake, but I didn't know that, but they look so similar. So like I shot one target, found out I fucked up and I killed the wrong person. All these guards started swarming me. Like I literally like went upstairs cause it was like a two story building. I went upstairs, I went out on the balcony and I saw like the actual target surrounded by a group of guards running into an alleyway. I took out my silent pistol took a breath, fired a shot, hit the target in the back of the head. And then I climbed down like, um, like a stairwell, like a fire escape. And I, and I changed disguise. I shot like a, somebody really quickly changed disguise, got out of there. It's like that kind of emergent gameplay where you're like, I got to like shoot this person in the next 20 seconds or they're gone, you know? And it's so thrilling when you pull it off. That is really cool. Um, I, I do think you might like this mode, Kevin, or, or it'd be worth checking out, but it's like, because it, it does solve so much of the things that I that I think, yeah, people could find boring about Hitman. Um, and it is like, it is like, it is unambiguously for me, the best stealth game ever made, like this specific mode, because it's just, you can have all these crazy moments. Like you could play it like old school Hitman where you're just a ghost and you go and nobody sees you and you kill everybody. Or you can play it like where you, yeah, John Wick and you're just like fucking shit up like tearing a fucking path through the That's level the fun. trying to get to your guy who's fleeing <laughs> yeah. you you know it like it's uh um it's I, so I don't dope. even know if you really explained exactly what this is but <laughs> well well we did it last podcast but it, 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 yeah, it is yeah. just like a roguelike mode where you have to kill a giant murder syndicate 
And the syndicate is always doing something that like you would want to stop, like they're human trafficking or they're rigging elections. Like these are people you want to kill. So, so like you, uh, there's four tiers. The first tier is only like a few targets. The next tier is like four targets and they're spread out through all of the previous hitman levels. And, uh, and while you're doing that, you're building your inventory. So that's kind of the catch. You're building your penthouse, your, your, uh, Island house, you're building your, um, inventory your guns you're getting more guns your guns uh, yeah, you start with nothing you start and with so, nothing like, if you take a gun and you like it and you die you lose it mm. yeah right that's what i was saying like like so like like i had the silent sniper rifle which is obviously incredibly op and it's but it's like very hard to get mm. yeah so it took me a long time to get it and then i literally lost it you know <laughs> yeah sometimes i do like merchant runs on missions where like i won't mm -hmm. take a lot of equipment and i'll just like go to the merchant in the level and buy just like the most expensive sniper rifle and just take it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Like again, it's one of those games that has like all these competing gameplay systems that are just inherently addictive. Like it again, it taps into the Animal Crossing aspect where you're like making this really nice little uh, like super agent house with like a nice garden yeah. and like a nice shack and like a nice underground basement, a nice bedroom. Like every everything looks like really awesome. You can even have your own like music there. And then on top of that, you're collecting all these guns and just like the feeling of collecting guns feels good. Like it taps into like a kind of like that Resident Evil four thing where it's like, Oh, I'm buying new guns and it's awesome. And mm -hmm. um, I just, uh, it's very addictive. And, uh, and but I do have a couple criticisms though. Uh, well, one big criticism. Here. Yeah. I think hardcore mode is ridiculous. Hardcore. Oh, that seemed too hard. Hardcore mode is is like is bro is broken. I, because here here's the thing about hardcore mode. There's like a couple of things it does that I think are really cool. Um, and the cool things that they do is that uh, you have to knock out um, people in the level. You can't shoot them because like you have to preserve the integrity of the disguise. So if you shoot a guy in the head, it's gonna say like disguised ruined because you splattered blood all over it. Like I think that's a really cool mechanic. It's like it's high alert. It's there's uh, there's way more enforcers. Uh, However, oh yeah, it has one big flaw. They make the prestige objectives mandatory, and I uh, don't like okay. that at all because I think it goes against the philosophy of what that game mode is doing. Like in normal mode, the prestige objectives are there. Like kill a guy with a nice pick, kill a guy with an epic sniper, do silent assassin. They're there. But to me, like I found those more as like incentives. Like you can do these things mm -hmm. and you'll get more uh, currency to buy more stuff, but you don't have to do it. And I really like that, right. but like making them mandatory can be so fucking annoying. And it really restricts like the feeling of freedom. This mode has like, hmm. like sometimes you could go into like Marrakesh, for example, and then you get your prestige objectives and the prestige ob objectives are like beat the beat the level in under three minutes. Dude, that shit is fucked. <laughs> yeah. That shit is fucked. Beat the mode on Silent Assassin. Beat the mode with an ice pick. And it's like, I don't have yeah. an ice pick, so I can't do that one. Right. I'm going to fail Silent Assassin because I'm killing four targets in like a crowded area. So I'm not doing that. So I'm stuck with having to kill four targets in under three minutes. And it's like. Yeah, it's just impossible. it's just bullshit. I mean, like, I, <laughs> I I feel like they made that mode for people who are just masochists, like the like the most top tier insane hitman players who are like it's for the pro speed runners. Like yeah. the pro speed runners. I don't think they made it 
Like, it doesn't even feel like they balanced it at all. Like, the, the normal mode is so perfectly balanced, but this hardcore mode, I just think, is just... It's a little dumb. I just don't like it at all. But, um, yeah, that's... And then... I th That was my one big criticism of an otherwise, like, almost perfect mode is just that. Uh, but anyway, that's that's my rant on hardcore mode. I don't like it that much. But I love everything else. I think everything else is really awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, so thrilling to play that. And, and it's... What are you laughing at, I just at, laughed, Kate. Are you laughing I laughed at, at my Discord just, yeah, you, just, you had You had this... You had this bad luck, and then you just agreed it was perfect. It was good. It was good. I liked it. It was very good. I was. Uh, I was gonna say that I was gonna recommend upgrading to Windows 11 as my my rec for the week. But now I'm starting to wonder if uh, if if my what I was about to say. Oh, Windows 11, no problems. Now uh, maybe I'm having some problems. Mm. Uh, so, so, so me so, so me uh, needlessly elongating like, my love of Hitman Freelancer. If it felt like it was like a minute too long, it's because I was covering for Aaron's crash. So just so you know. Oh yeah, thanks. Mm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Man Freelancer is is awesome. Like the only thing I want to say about it before we get out here, sorry, Mike, uh, is that uh, is that it has forced me to engage with the different tools of the game in a way that I never did before. Before you could always have a silenced pistol, which is like, like incredibly OP. Like now, having a silenced pistol means you gotta you gotta risk the silenced pistol, and you have to acquire one beforehand. Um, so you have to start engaging with all the different tools. It has the challenges, right? So each level is like kill a target or two or three. Um, and then there's additional challenges like kill three guards with a shotgun, um, you know, don't be spotted or whatever. And like do engaging with those challenges has really forced me to engage with, the, yeah, just different mechanics and tools in the game that I never would. And it's made it way more fun. I feel like I'm playing Hitman the way like like the first time I watched a Hitman speedrun, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even know the game could be played like that. So I started trying to play the game like that, you know, very wobbly. But now that I've been playing this for a while, I feel like, oh, yeah, I'm playing like a speedrunner. Like I'm playing at a way higher tier than I ever was before. And it's because this mode has forced me to learn the game in a way that I, I just didn't know before. Sorry, I have <laughs> like one more thing. I have so sorry, guys. Like like on that speedrunner mode note, um. I just one thing that I've noticed that I've been doing a lot is like whenever I see like a line of fire to a target and I'm pretty sure no one's going to see me like I almost always take it like I'll just kind of like yeah, yeah. crouch behind a crate make sure nobody's looking I see the guy like 50 feet away I'll just shoot them and then get out of there and I find myself doing that a lot and I just never like took those kind of risks in the regular hitman and mm -hmm. I also find that I'm using the sniper rifle a lot, which I did not do in regular Hitman. I wasn't a sniper rifle guy, but sniper rifles are so good in freelancer mode. Yeah. Like, holy shit, oh, yeah. they're so important. And then on top of that, I'm using the crowbar a lot. Like the crowbar. Oh, God, yeah. The crowbar, one, you can knock guys out with that thing, but also you can open doors with it. It's like one of the best mm -hmm. tools in the game, hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also those rubber duckies. Those rubber duckies are like a free kill every time oh my god the rubber duckies yeah <laughs> they're so exploding cute. ones yeah, yeah. yes because like yeah because they're not like regular bombs because if you throw a regular bomb people are going to see it and know that you threw a bomb but if you throw a rubber ducky no one's going to detect you so it's basically <laughs> a free kill when you have one it's awesome yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> what what an incredible way to to take advantage of like basically you know what seven eight years worth of maps in like 
video game levels like some of the best maps ever made uh, they should just uh, keep it running they should you know what they should just keep it running like release a map every dude, like six months and just add it to the I roster want, like they could do that honestly they should have released this as a standalone game because i feel like it's going to get overlooked because it is so it's part of hitman 3 i guess i don't know it's the world of assassination so we'll talk about that in a few months i guess yeah uh Wu Long, fallen dynasty demo how many demos has this game had? I played a I demo. Like I played two yeah. demos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was the one real, a few months ago. Did we all play a demo? At least yeah. one of them? And I played a demo like yeah. a year ago, too. Yeah. Uh, I played this recent one. I think the real question is how many games have I played in the past two weeks and like whether it's healthy or not. I've been playing way too many video games. I'm just, I, I have that grind set, you know? I'm like all about the gaming. But anyway, Wulong. Um, I played the demo. I did not play the demo from five months ago. Um, mm. But this demo was pretty long. It took me two hours to complete. It was three areas and three boss fights. Um, the first boss fight I died like 30 times to. It was like very difficult. But um, the second and third boss fights I did in one try. Cause, and I think it's because I got used to the parry mechanic. But basically top down, what, what Wulong is... Uh, Team Ninja's Sekiro ripoff. That's like what this mm. game is. Like you're, um, they've replaced the stances of Neo with uh, pairing and deflecting, but it isn't as robust as Sekiro. In Sekiro, like you have to like really parry, 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 parry. This it's really like one deflect, attack, 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 deflect, attack, attack, attack. Like that's like the rhythm of it. Like you do your deflect and then you combo the enemy. Which I think is neat. Mm. I like it. Um, I like, I like the character movement a lot. I like the combat a lot. Uh, some red flags kind of start to appear at the end that <laughs> didn't really start to sink in until after I played the demo. Like I think the game is still gonna. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm pretty sure it's still gonna have that sh the shitty neo loot system. I'm like pretty confident. It did. Oh no, I thought it didn't. I thought it was not gonna have that. <laughs> when I played it. it definitely did. Hard yeah, pass. <laughs> yeah, it has the it has the shitty loot system. I th I can already tell it's going to be too systems heavy. Like there's like a lot of systems, um, mm. and I can get a sense that the level design probably won't be like from soft level either. No, um, they're Big definitely on not. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not. It has a lot of. It wasn't flags. the first level like a cave level. It was like a cliffy cave. <laughs> Yeah, don't you know that? At least that? that's what the it, demo was, yeah. It's always villages so or caves. Was the next level a village? Yeah. In that? <laughs> so it's still it was, villages it and was caves? a cave and then a village. Yeah, it's caves and villages. That's the Team Ninja way. There's no other variety in these games, just villages so and caves. I played it, the demo, and I don't know, this is the old demo, but I felt like it was really clunky. Like, I had a hard time just moving the character. Like, they had way too much weight to them. Like, just, like, rotating around felt slow. I felt like I was Arthur Morgan. I just didn't understand, like, did, did you have that feeling at all? Was the demo, maybe they snapped it up? Because I do remember the first Neo demo way back when was, like, really clunky, too. Oh it was God. bad. It was, like, oh, a, the game was in bad shape in that first demo. And it definitely got better. Like, I you know I beat Neo 1 twice. So, just does, does, do you think that this is, does it feel better does it feel better than Neo? I felt like the, the trying to do the parries and stuff also was really difficult and kludgy and just it felt like they were making it hard to do for the sake of it. And that's how I felt Neo was too. I feel like Team Ninja has this 
this like we gotta do this is harder than FromSoft. I definitely feel like this is a personal thing that they are doing, and and I, I it's like it feels like a meta response to FromSoft difficulty. So like, I, I, what do you think? I mean, I like. I like the player movement a lot, actually. I like how fast they are. I don't know if they changed it in the past five months. I'm not sure I'm sold on the parrying because the reason why I'm confused by it is they have, like, a deflect button. Like yeah. Just, like, a regular it's defense It's not the same is the parry. And then, like, and then B is parrying. So it seems like they complicated it by being, like, okay, like, you're going to hold left trigger to deflect but you're also going to press b to parry and i never felt like i got it right like i always kind of felt unsure of if i got the system down and i think that's a problem i think it's it was a weird design choice to make blocking and parrying two separate things i thought that was weird because sekiro doesn't do that sekiro is like jing 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 just one button um so like i don't know why they it's almost like, you know what it's like? It's like when you play like a non-Gears of War cover game and with Gears of War, it's like, we're going to just have everything to the A button. And then you play another cover shooter and it's like, you have to press one button to get into cover and another button to get yeah. out. It's like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? <laughs> this problem's already solved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I was playing the first demo, uh, I felt completely overwhelmed by how many mechanics you had to learn. Yeah, and it's I sort agree. of the same thing, right? Like, why not? It should just be one button. Just let let block parry. You know, again, uh, bringing up FromSoft, but Sekiro is great because you can play the game how you want in a sense, right? But the only thing you have to do right or correctly is parry, and right. and and blocking. Everything else is kind of optional. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, to, to a degree, you don't even have to attack someone, right? You could just yeah, true. wear down their posture. But Wulong, I felt like they were like throwing in, okay, now here's an attack. Here's a here's a heavy attack. Here's a quick attack. Here's a stance change. Here's magic. Now let's do this other thing. And so you're like just dancing with your controller. And for me, I have a very small working buffer. Like I'm not, I'm not super smart. Like I can only keep one or two things in my head at one sure. time. And that was just, it was overwhelming. And it's like, I don't know, this isn't, this isn't a thing for me. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I'm kind of, I don't know where I'm at with it. Cause I actually, I played Neo and I liked Neo a lot. I played Neo too. I even played the Final Fantasy Stranger of Paradise. For some reason, I like these games. I, I think what this game did for me is I liked the character movement enough and I liked how the combat felt enough, but like, after I played two hours and I kind of sat with my feelings, a lot of these problems kind of started to sink in more. And I was like, uh Oh, mm-hmm. like after 30 hours, is this going to be kind of annoying? Like, and it's um, like, why does the game have magic? Like, does it need magic? <laughs> and, uh, and on top of that, um, I just, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I lost my train of thought. I just think it, I just think the game has like a lot of competing systems that, might compromise it there's one interesting thing that the game is doing and i'm not totally sure how i feel about it yet but like the way the game goes about upgrading is that you have to go throughout the levels and find these like uh, places to plant battle flags and those battle flags are how you upgrade in the level and i think that's an interesting 
concept. I just don't know if it's going to work for the whole game. If that, like To me, it feels maybe more novelty at this point, so I'm not sure where I stand with it yet. Because if they didn't have those battle flags, you could just like run past all the enemies because your character is so fast. Like You could literally just sprint through the whole level. So the way that they decided to go about it is like, oh, you have to actually like plant flags throughout the level, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm not I'm not totally sold on it yet. I'm really curious to see how this game reviews because I feel like it could be as high as like an 88 or like a 90, but it could be as low as like a 70. And people are like, oh, they didn't really balance it at all. <laughs> so, yeah. We I think the setting is so cool. I, I think it's so cool that they made a game in China because it doesn't seem like it's that common of a setting. And I do think there's like so much cool history there that's not tapped in a lot of video games. Um, but I, I just, I had a lot of trouble with all the game mechanics. I think the team ninja is like really trying to be as innovative is from soft. And I think that they're not quite succeeding. <laughs> like they didn't even keep a lot of the mechanics, some of the mechanics from the, from Neo in this game. I know they changed some stuff. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'll still keep an eye on it. Like I still will go back and someday beat Neo too. Like I will play it even though I have some frustrations with those games. I still will play it. Cause I still think they're, they're, they're fun enough, you know? So I don't know. Like maybe this can be on yeah. Game Pass. Maybe it'll 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 be able to hit an audience. It'll be on Game Pass in a couple of days. Oh, it's coming out that soon. I think a week. Yeah, March I don't 2nd. know. I also the demo was old, so like I don't want to be too poo poo on it until the game comes out and see how it actually plays. I could have like a bias too, because I came off of like a Dragon Ishin, and I feel like that combat's just like a little clunky. Very like, clunky. Very clunky. And- yeah and then, and then playing uh, Wu Long, i was like oh gosh this feels great but it really could have just been that bias but yeah it feels i don't know how i feel about it yet because like my i feel like i always have this thing with team ninja games where like the first couple hours i play them i'm loving it i'm like oh this is great i love how this feels i love the stances i love the gore i love all this stuff mm-hmm. i love the enemy design but then like you see the same level design after about six hours. You yeah. s- they don't change up the enemy design. Same enemies, yeah. <laughs> same enemies. The loot kind of starts to wear on you a lot. And Does this game I have... Fe- I fear the same thing's going to happen. So here. I remember the thing with Neo. <clears throat> the thing that with Neo over all of my complaints with Neo would be you'd fight a new boss, they'd hit you with a three-string combo, and you're dead. Like, there's no dodging or breaking the combo. You They hit you with that first hit of the combo, you are dead. Yeah. And it's like, you got to go back and grind all the level out, get all the best gear for that level, and then you can stand a chance against the boss. And I remember fi- figuring out that the bosses that I was stuck on often just kind of spam these strings in Neo. I remember I remember the, the, the like, vampire lady boss in the first game. She killed me oh, so many God. times until I realized that she has really bad AI, and you know, I just repeatedly back up. Every time she has her string, you can hit her. You can punish her every single time. And she repeatedly spam that combo over and over and over. So it felt like, I don't know, I feel like I started to see through the lines of the design of that game a little bit when I started figuring that out. And I'm like, I just wonder if this is going to be the same thing or not. I don't know. It's a yeah, food for it- thought. I do notice that that the game already has difficulty spikes in the demo. Like again, yeah. the the actual levels are pretty easy. Like clearing a level like took me ten minutes or something. But the boss fights, like two of the boss fights, were really easy. Um, they were cool, but they were easy. And then one boss fight took me like thirty tries. So I can already see like the sounds like oh, Neo. They didn't really balance. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't really balance this. They just have these crazy difficulty spikes that come out of nowhere. Is it like one um, shot to you? Like you will him over and over and over and over again. He hits you once, you're dead. Is it like that kind of deal? Uh, 
not so much that at the moment it's more like um uh, uh, oh you thought you killed the boss here's the second mm. phase and mm. it's like this is the first mm. boss in the game what the fuck like yeah. already <laughs> are you serious <laughs> like this should be like a final boss like i should i should fight a couple easy ones first but i don't know mm. it was weird it was a it was a weird demo like it was like you know what it was like it was like fighting Isheen for for the first boss and then you fight like the first two <laughs> shitty bosses in Sekiro or something. It's like, what? Why? Why? <clears throat> I remember fighting Why Margit. Why did you build it up that way? For the first time in Elden Ring and thinking like, this is the first boss of this game. Are you kidding me? Margit, this is the first boss? But like now that I know that game, so, like I can beat Margit like, like even at lower level, probably not with extreme difficulty. Like he wouldn't be that bad. Like he's a very fair boss. So like maybe it's just some of yeah. that stuff going on too. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's a, I, I, I think it's the the pairing and deflecting. It's still confusing. Like I was like really like I was constantly holding my block down, but I would press B to parry, and it was just very like I don't know if like you have to hold the block button and you can just parry. It's very. I I, I played it for two hours and I still quite can't quite figure it out, but I'm still beating the bosses, which I feel like is bad gameplay design because it's like in Sekiro you have to learn it. If yeah. you don't learn it. You're fucked. But like in this game, it's like, I don't I think I'm doing it right. They're dead, so I guess I did it right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have to say about the Wulong. It's it's I can't tell if I like it yet. And I'm curious to see mm. how it reviews. Yeah, me too. You will find Keep out in a few days. Cause uh Yeah. What, like five days away. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tr so. I'll try it. I'll probably play it. It's gonna be on Game Pass. But like once Resident Evil Four remake yeah. hits, I'm not playing that shit. I'm gonna be like all in on Resident Evil Four. You kidding me? Definitely the most fun game around. <clears throat> yeah, except for Hitman Freelancer mode, right, Kevin? No. Right. Sorry, Force. No. Better. <laughs> right, Aaron. Uh, right, Aaron. I I think Hitman Four is gonna be Hitman Four. Uh, Resident Evil Four is gonna be fun. I can't wait yeah. to hear the post Resident Evil Four podcast from you guys. It's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Be I feel like there might, it might be as contentious as uh your uh favorite horror game podcast i i think I, oh, I, whatever i think bad is bad about resident evil 4 will probably just be wrong i mean like, i think orn and i, I are gonna like love it wild card. and we're gonna rave about yeah. it that's what i think is gonna happen i think orn and i are gonna yeah. be like this is the, I want you guys this is the it. best resident evil remake that's ever been made this okay. is so good Don't i absolutely that, recommend but... you play it uh, <laughs> just wait it's gonna happen gonna happen I, I will, the best resident yeah. evil remake? it's gonna be Don't something like that, that. it's Don't gonna be i think that. it's gonna be like at least i think for me i think i i love resident evil 4 and this remake looks fucking awesome like they're like deepening the gameplay mechanics like there's no way i'm not gonna love this game there's no there's no, there's no, no it way. looks good it's, it's gonna be it's gonna it's a be Kevin game so much and oren's gonna like it because everyone loves resident evil as well so <laughs> yeah i i yeah. think i love like i'm starting to realize i love like every single resident evil game i've played except for five i'm sorry kevin Go play Five's six. Better than six. I, it's better than seven too. This looked like six to me. This trailer kind of no. Like six to me go back bit. and watch that, dude. That's a, a Michael Bay movie, dude. Six literally has a Res part. Okay, there's literally a part in six where you're Leon and you're walking down the street, and suddenly this like plane crashes and it starts blowing up all the cars on the street. All the cars like the are blowing up, us. and you have to run from them. It's a quick time event. That happens in that game. Yeah. That's yeah. bad. That's bad news. I, I think Resident Evil uh, Five and Six are like famously, infamously. Dude, they're not the same, man. I don't lump them together. 
It's like saying all of yeah, Twin well, Peaks well, season well, two. Is... All of Twin Peaks season two is the same. There's no different episode. The last episode is the same as the is the bad Days of Our Lives episode. It's like, it's like wait what? a minute. No, there's some difference one, here. The last episode's a good one, episode. One game is a Michael Bay movie. The other one is fucking racist. That's what I have to say. Yeah. Clunky as fuck. Dude, it's so. Resident Evil 4 gameplay, but smoother. Wait, you thought Resident Evil 6 was, was racist? <laughs> He's doing a uh-huh. bit. All right, guys, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Kevin? Yes? What do you think of the the rogue lighting of AAA games? I'm talking about games like uh, Hitman Freelancer, Prey Moon Crash, Deathloop, Returnal. So of the ones that I played, the only one that I liked was Returnal. You like Deathloop, all right? You, like I could go back and put a. Uh, you were positive on. Yeah, it's like pretty. It's like pretty like, eh. I give it like a solid. The weakest a solid the three, or the five four, I mean, maybe. Sure. Out of five. ten, it's like <laughs> fine. I have like no incentive to ever yeah. play it again. Like like if I was like, hey, let's go play. Like yeah. if, the only reason I play that game again would be for that bolt action rifle. Like that's the only reason. I'm yeah, playing that's that's literally the best part of the game is the rapier. Yeah. Um, yeah. do I what do I think about them though? I think fundamentally it's probably not for me. Um, with the exception of Returnal mm-hmm. just being so good. Like, do I like Returnal because of the roguelike elements? Maybe partly. But I really think everything else about the game, in terms of its like game design, weapon design, enemy design, level design are all really what stick with me more. I definitely had a moment with Returnal. Remember, I was like, I got I was getting close to a boss and I was like, Man, there just wasn't enough health like loots this time, and I'm just kind of fucked. Like, and I just, like, don't have a chance. And, like, there's not really, like, much I can do um, because I just, like, didn't play well enough. And and you could be like, well, that could happen in other yeah. genres, too. But it's, like, the randomness can be frustrating, I think, to, to a degree because, like, it's, like, I got a bad dice roll. And that's it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, whatever. But, like, I don't know. I guess, like, is my, like, like maybe I'm too much, you guess the wrong guy, but I think like, uh, like, do I think it's like the direction I want to play games go? Like for me, probably no. I think it's cool that they exist for fans of the genre. And like, they should... okay. I don't mean the direction. All no, I know. I know. Games go, I know. I mean, to, to dip their toes into like, let me ask you another question then. And, and this, this is for Mike too. Um, if Returnal had been a straightforward, fully designed out, fleshed out Metroidvania, would you have preferred it? I, I think so. Probably. I don't know. If yeah. it was as hard as the game still is, like if like if the, like honestly, it could be. It's probably as hard as it is. Uh maybe. Would it is be would it be like as replayable? I don't know. Like let's just say this. Like if it was yeah. a Metroidvania with like consistent progression and like a new game plus challenge mode with all the co op, I'd probably play it more. Mm-hmm. Um like if it was more like quote Dark Souls like in its in its systems, I probably would play like the utter shit out of this game. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But don't you think it would lose something? I think the roguelike elements work I mean, for the story of the game. Things, like, yeah. I think it's really cool that they included oh, yeah. that, like, the narrative of the game and the roguelike elements are together. But like, if it wasn't a roguelike, I probably would still have liked it more. E- even though I think it worked this game. Hmm. So, like, I'm 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 kind of the type of person that likes that psychological safety of mm-hmm. having predictability, in a sense. Um, and I think like, I'm just going to blame my job or like the career that I chose. Right. So, uh, I'm on call, right. Uh, I've been paged like in the middle of the night and you never know what it is. My, my on call is a roguelike. Like, I don't know whether I'm going to restart some proxy server or like a containers down or some control blame and Kubernetes fucked up. 
Like, I don't know. And it's, it's really, really unnerving. Like I actually hate it. I hate the week that I'm on call more than any other week. And that's kind of how I feel about roguelites. Like I don't, Hmm. I don't love the, the constant, um, you know, the stress of like, is this, am I, am I going to pick up a curse? Right. Uh, Or uh, if I'm playing vampire survivors, like if I don't get the garlic, I'm quitting that level. You know, like, like, I, like I, I need certain things. And yeah. one of the things that I find the most relaxing is playing something like Dark Souls, right? Like I could pick up that game anywhere. Uh, I know, I know for the majority where the enemies are going to be, there's always variations. Like I mess up or, you know, uh, I'm, I'm doing a different play style. That's something that I like to, to put the onus on myself. Right. Mm-hmm. But having just sort of like that constant, you know, pulling of the gambling machine lever of like when i open up this chest am i going to get a bad gun or a good gun uh when i open this door is it instant death or do i at least know that there's going to be a couple turrets you know there's there's just it's something that stresses me out and at the end of the day like i i want to have fun like i'm really enjoying returnal but i want it to be fun i have a question mike Mm -hmm. for you on this on this what about the chalice dungeons in bloodborne your favorite yeah. So oh my God. I, oh my God. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that. I love the Chalice Dungeons, but one, it's not the main game, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, it's something you can do by choice. And two, it actually, I mean, it's FromSoft roguelite. Like there, there are so many, uh, so many things that are still predictable in those Chalice Dungeons because like they, they all follow the same rule set, right? Like enemy placement is actually kind of still the same. There may be, you know, uh, a stairway going up or going down, but the game has this internal consistency that still applies to these like randomly generated uh, dungeons, and mm. it's not permadeath, not right? Permadeath. Like, mm-hmm. like I can grind myself up to to beat a chalice dungeon, or like I don't have to rediscover the the entire chalice dungeon when I die, and at the end I get a kick-ass you know upgrade, right? Like it's almost always a good gem. But I've spent hundreds of hours grinding out like the best gems possible in that game. And that is like the big rogue roguelite element is I've beaten the same dungeon a hundred times just to get that perfect, you know, 27.2% physical up attack. And can I say one thing? I know I've been talking a lot and I'll pass to you guys in a second, but I just want to say like, I think the strength of the roguelike to me is the the randomness of it. And I know that, that like, I think that it does make you it makes you like have to play it more pragmatically in a way like because of how it's designed i think which is really a cool thing because like you can do things more of a desperate desperation which kind of can push you to new ways of playing it which i think is really cool and i also just like that it's like yeah. so repeatable like you can play it like you can play it over and over and over and over again and it's going to be something different even though it's going to be pretty similar <laughs> to be honest mm-hmm. it is it is i i think of like replaying like a a, a, you know a fixed design game is like practicing a song maybe you're playing dark souls whereas if you're playing returnal maybe it's a little bit like playing jazz you gotta gotta be ready to go with the the different beats um but so here's a question and this this one's going to be for Oren along the same lines i tend to think that when it comes to these triple a roguelites the most successful ones in my opinion have been the ones where they took an established game that had an established set of rules and uh, systems and stuff, and then put them in a new space, right? So hit, uh, Hitman's Freelancer and Prey's Mooncrash took that, and, and in both cases, they force you to engage with the game in new ways by putting like random pressures and stress on you. 
Yeah, I mean, I haven't played Prey, Moon, Crash. What are the other big AAA ones? There's Returnal. Deathloop. I'm trying to think of the other ones. Does Deathloop count, Death though? Loop, count uh, though? I, don't, I, I mean, light. It's light. Yeah, it's probably light, I, I yeah, because like when you die, you start over. You go back to the first day. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think I agree to an extent. I think what Hit- Hitman Freelancer does in particular that I think is really strong is that the game is constantly giving you stuff. And the game isn't really about beating a campaign. Like, it feels great when you do it the first time. But um, I'm still playing it, and I've already beaten the campaign, and I'm doing it because I'm accumulating XP, I'm building up my house, I'm collecting guns. Like, I think you just need to have multiple hooks, and it needs to feel quick, and mm-hmm. uh, there needs to be enough variety in what you're doing. Like, um, for example, when you do a Hitman Freelancer campaign, you're not just killing targets, you're also going to merchants buying guns, you're blowing up st- safes to get more currency. Sometimes you're intercepting couriers, getting currency from them. Like there's like a lot of variety, and then the levels themselves have a lot of variety. Like Sapiens is a very different level from Colorado, for example. Um, and it's just, I think that's really what a good roguelite does: is that feeling that you're constantly doing stuff, something different. There's a lot of emergent gameplay. Um, and I think Returnal is a different example. I think the reason why Returnal works is that, um, like, they just got that gameplay feel down. It just feels good to play. And I think when you nail the gameplay feel and it's just inherently fun, that kind of kept me coming back to that. And um, I don't think it's necessary that, like, it needed to be a roguelite, maybe, but, like, I think the fact that. Like, they were able to get away with it because it just feels so good to play, um, I think is kind of what kept me hooked there. So I think it really just kind of comes down to, it's like, if your game is designed well and it's fun to play, I think that that could solve a lot of issues that people have with roguelites. But I do agree that, in my opinion, Hitman Freelancer is the best implementation of that because of how much variety and how much of a hook that it has. Yeah. Uh, both Hitman and Prey are able to use designed spaces that have been curated and aren't randomly generated and then randomly generate elements within them. So like you get the the basic like AAA well-designed level that's been thought out and the flow of it's thought out. And it's not remixed in that way, but like where stuff is, where enemies are, you don't know. And maybe where your approach is, it could be randomized. So it kind of like uses a really well-constructed space in interesting ways. Well, sorry, I'm going to speak one more time to that. I want to, you're, you're mentioning Prey Moon Crash and as like a counterpoint or like as a different side of it, I think Deathloop is a bad example of a roguelike because mm. the game teases um, that like there is going to be a, a hook, there is going to be experimentation, there is going to be emergent gameplay. You are going to be able to um, kill these targets any any way you can, but then the game falls into this trap where it tries to be like a linear story game with a set path too. And once you kind of figure out that the game actually doesn't have experimentation and you're being funneled into a very specific way to beat that game, it goes I hated completely. That about that game. Yeah, the two the yeah. two philosophies just clashed completely. Mm-hmm. So like you can't. No, I agree. You really have to have player agency in these types of games. You can't. You can't do that. You can't author it that much, or else it's gonna. It's just not gonna work. It's just gonna clash with what makes roguelites so interesting. 
I know that the uh, creator of Rogue said that he wanted to make it because that he wanted to play a game that he as a designer couldn't beat every time. Mm. That was like the idea behind it. So like it does seem like permadeath is like a fitting mechanic for the randomness. So that way it's like different every time you play it. Yeah. But I guess like my big beef with roguelikes and roguelites is that they advertise them as like hardcore game when you die you go back when you die in the game you die in real life like that kind of stuff like i just i just <laughs> find that to be annoying um i guess like it does it's a tur- it's a what it's a turn off the like the permadeath as like the such a big part of the game like the, the, the way the way they make mm. it so punishing and it makes me feel like i wasted time um and that sucks so yeah. I, I in my opinion yeah. i think returnal kind of solved it for me like that's i guess the big the big reason i probably i like that game was that like it didn't feel because I can level skip and like jump between, I have a lot of agency of like what I, where I want to play, what I want to do in that game. Really was like a big part of why it didn't feel so annoying. Yeah, I, so that's interesting. Uh, I think one thing that I that a lot of people will say is that there's like a certain kind of pressure, intention, and like emotional feeling you get when you play a multiplayer game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some people like that, and some people don't. But it, it's a different thing, and I think a lot of people agree on this. I think that a good rogue light like implementation can give you a very similar feeling of the stakes that you feel when you play like a multiplayer like pvp type match because you have one chance to do it if you screw up you're dead it's it's just like if you know if you die in a round of counter-strike like that round resets on your death or whatever like um it, it creates this kind of pressure that i could see being either intox- intoxicating or like off-putting depending on on what what you're looking for but um it, like I don't know. I, 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 I'm wondering if there's other ways because I, I don't find that games, single player games, often have that pressure that I'm looking for that I find in a multiplayer game unless they have something like a permadeath mechanic. Hmm. Really? So you need You feel like you don't feel like you have tension? I mean, often not. I won't say always. I think yeah, Sakura, I think Dark Souls. I think, I think games can do it. Um, games that have save scumping, like uh, scumping, save scumming, uh, definitely yeah. just rob the tension. For I me. think it, it, it's, it's impossible. Honestly, FromSoft solved me. that problem because they make it the game save every time you do anything. So like you never can save scum. Yeah. Um, I also thought Halo One did it really well because it has these checkpoints, mm-hmm. and all you can do is revert to your last checkpoint or continue. Like there's no saving mid-fight. There's no like if you you have to just do it. That's it. You have no control when the game saves. So it's like. You have yeah. to play through it, or you don't. You, it's there's no. Yeah, I I guess there's just there's also something else about like the permadeath in particular that that gives me a similar feeling of of the sort of intensity of a multiplayer match, and that like if I don't if I don't do it right the first time, it's it's I can't do it right the second time. Mm. Whereas maybe I could in Dark Souls. It's funny because that intensity that I think you're talking about is like something I'm not in the headspace for a lot. Sometimes I am, totally. and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I feel like I just want to play a game and just like have fun, and like that intensity is gonna like make me. I feel like I don't, I don't want to do that. Like that doesn't sound fun at all right now. Like even with Eternal, like I had a couple moments I wanted to play it, and I'm like, <clears throat> and I love that game by the way. Like I think that's like, I, I seriously mean it's one of the best years I've ever played. But I remember having a moment of like I don't feel like I want to play this. It just sounds too, too, too intense, too high stakes, too much. I want to play something just where I can kind of just play. Mm-hmm. I I think. Uh like a good solution so far has been again hitman freelancer mode because i just don't think that game like at least the normal mode is really designed to be beat 
it's really just to kind of like keep accumulating stuff and be like the coolest, most well-equipped assassin in the world. So I think that's probably, I think, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the definition has evolved at this point um, to where it doesn't necessarily have to be the most like difficult thing in the world. Like it could just be like, you know, just a way to kind of hook your interests, I guess. But those early roguelites are really hard. Spelunky? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Hitman Freelancer can be really hard. Like, you don't have to play it with... uh, I don't know, man. I I mean, Returnal as well, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Returnal. Like, the the punishing is just knowing that, like, oh, my God, I just lost an hour and a half progress. Uh, Like, it's, it's not something I always want. But when I am in the mood for it, it really... It I think me. like it, it yesterday our, when we died yeah. in co-op and we both laughed because mm-hmm. we're like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. well, that's fucking over. Like that was that was a unique moment. Like, yep. That was the, the mechanics of the roguelike or like what made us have that moment. So like I, I appreciated that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I think Hitman, even though it does suck when you fail a campaign, I've gotten really mad. Like it's still like, oh, I got all these new guns. I got all these new upgrades. I got all this, like, maybe I lost some of my money, but, like, I felt like it wasn't a waste of time. Maybe that's another key to it, too, is, like, Returnal is pretty, Returnal is pretty brutal with, like, like, when you Mm -hmm. lose, it's like, (laughs) you lose everything. There's no real progression. You keep the uh, weapon traits and the ether. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, what minimum wage here or something that game needs a union <laughs> the returnal will, players need a union i will probably feel a lot different about returnal's permadeath when i beat the game yeah yeah and i feel that's 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 usually the case for me at least you know it's like i'm so invested in like finding out the story like i don't want to lose that progress whereas like new game plus or whatever it's just like no nah, this is fun like this is all mm-hmm. like None of this matters, right? I've already mm-hmm. I've already done it and this is all just fun now. That's where I am right now. And it's a great place to be. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm speaking to for, at this rate maybe I'll be there next you, week. You know. will. <laughs> so once you beat the game, you actually there's more stuff to do, which is cool. There's more story yeah. stuff to unlock even, which I'm working on right now. Oh nice. Orin, did you do that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Is it worth I, it? Yeah, it, I think so. Cool. Yeah, cuz it's like a victory lap. Yeah, okay. I, I went back and beat it again, but I didn't have everything. So I, I need to go get everything and then go back and get the real final. Yeah, it's worth it's worth doing. I mean, yeah, I saw it as like a victory lap. Like, I get to kind of experience this gameplay one more time. Um, but yeah, like, Mike, you'll get there. It's just, uh, it's like the whole FromSoft bullshit. Like, when I was playing Orphan of Cost, when I was beating Demon of Hatred... It was like the same thing where it's like I'm never gonna beat this, and then like four days later, I finally beat it. Or Lawrence, like, for fuck's sake, Lawrence, Lawrence like, dude, my god! I actually dude, didn't Lawrence have that hard of a time with Orphan. Lawrence is like a meme boss. It's like not dude. even like a real. It's just so dumb. I hate it. I, it's <laughs> almost like the Demon of Hatred, where it's like this is optional and it's gonna hurt. Like like yeah. you are you are gonna pay. We did not. Pay. We did not test this boss fight. We're just doing <laughs> yeah. it last minute. <laughs> oh, it breaks the camera. Don't worry about it. You got it. And it breaks the frame rate. It breaks the frame rate, and you can't mm. stand anywhere. The floor <laughs> is literally lava. Yeah. 
That is so that is that is the only okay. Bloodborne boss that I was so frustrated with. I just shot it in the end to death. <laughs> like there was no victory. It just felt like 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 this. You know what? S- screw you. I'm gonna use this bone ash and I'm gonna shoot you. I think uh, I think what I did is I summoned like two players to fight it, and we just like all flung ourselves at it, and it was, which is totally different from an orphan of cost because I I beat him alone and that felt amazing, yeah. but. I beat Orphan of Cost, and I was like, kind of at that point where it's like, okay, I kind of want to finish this game at this point. I just didn't want to deal with Lords. Just wait till Elden Ring's <laughs> DLC. I know they're gonna top it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be the like boss that bullshit. Can't beat. It's just gonna be oh, a gonna lot be like, of bullshit. It's gonna be like mid year with three phases or something like that. They'd be like, this boss has twenty billion yeah. HP. You're gonna have to use the mimic tier and like four other players to just fight the boss and have a chance. <laughs> That's uh, give me Sekiro bosses, please. Uh, I mean, honestly, at least they'll be yeah. designed well, right? Mm. Or they'll be immune to faith spells, right? And then that'll dude, that'll screw up everyone's dude, playthrough. Oh man, I, playing that game as a faith totally different. That game is such a different experience depending on your build. So funny. Some bosses were yeah. so hard before, and they're easy with faith. And the opposite, it's like, hmm. yeah, I feel like that's the case with like every like. With the exception of Sekiro, I think that's true. Like, because I've even when I was playing Bloodborne, I was like, fucking hell, like, I fucking hated um, like the first couple bosses in that game, they were so hard. And it's like, oh, yeah, I did this type of build with this axe and I destroyed them. Like, I, I feel like that's just always been the case based on your build and play style. Yeah. Like, Pontiff Sullivan, I fucking hate that boss in Dark Souls 3 because I'm bad at parrying. Mm. People who are good at parrying mm. are like, ah, it's fine. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Dude, that mind. boss is awesome. <laughs> if you lay down, if you do the flying yeah, flat emote, he can't hit you. Oh, really? <laughs> that's really? so funny. That's so funny. That Jeez. that yeah. For for Dark Souls three, it's like the whole game is like pretty easy, and then the Pontiff Sullivan's Pontiff, like, oh yeah. my god, this is so hard, and then like easy, 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 spike. and then the DLC is like. Mm. Just like really hard. Madeir. Fucking Madeir. Fuck you, Madeir. Fucking Madeir. Well, guys. Sorry. I think uh I think it's time to close up shop here. Alrighty. What is the best roguelike you've ever played before we get to personal Rex? I'm gonna say Hitman Freelancer. Oh, best roguelike? Yeah. I mean Hitman Three, but I also really love uh I love Binding of Isaac, like a lot. And uh, what's number one, what's Aaron? Uh, Dead Pick Cells. One. Uh, I'd probably take Binding of Isaac because I could play Binding of Isaac any day, and and it's way more rogue like than light. Like it's much more. It, there isn't the like meta progression. It's just fucking beat the game with your skills. So I like that game a lot. I think it's like Hitman Freelancer is my favorite, followed by like Returnal and then Hades. Those are those are my mm. big three. Oh yeah, I guess Returnal too. I didn't even, I wasn't even considering that. But yeah, for me, Returnal by like yeah. a mile. Like nothing else is even worth mentioning. I guess the Streets of Rage survival mode I really like a lot too. It's really fun. But Returnal mm. number one. Uh, oh, the Chalice Dungeons of Bloodborne. That would be like my fourth. That was gonna be my number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if they count, do they count? I don't know if they count. They kind of count. I think they count. They count. If you die, is it? Do you no. have to restart it? No. Oh. But they are randomly that be generated. Awesome? And there's a yeah. lot of them, which is awesome. They're fun. 
I mean, that's kind of what I was talking about. If like having a, an established game that adds yeah. randomizer mode like that, that, that works. Yeah, Me too. I like that. That's oh, like yeah. You know what? Challenge dungeons aren't really rogue. They're they're more like procedurally generated. Like mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. much it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of those bosses are so hard. The blood starved beast. Holy shit. And the challenges. Sorry, I guess swe- it's a little bit. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm swearing a lot today. I'm really mad at these FromSoft boss bosses. A lot of PTSD. So, Orn, I just want to say you did pretty good. You only mentioned God of War Ragnarok twice. I really like how we have a counter. Uh, yeah, I uh, started a counter. Uh, how many times you, you did, did mention I mention Hitman? Bloodborne, like twenty times. Well, we talked. Hitman was on the docket, but uh, yeah, Bloodborne I think was was your God of War Ragnarok for the week. Got got like five or six mentions. But yeah, did, did I mention cool. any of the two Davids, like the two David filmmakers? <laughs> I'm not going to say they're Bernard and Lynch. Uh, we... I, I'm not saying. I'm not confirming or denying. David Cross? I'm fairly certain Twin Peaks was, was brought up earlier. I brought it up. <laughs> it was, was discussed. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's well, Kevin. Well, that's mm-hmm. a first. That's We're a zero need Several for me. counters. And you did bring up. Someone brought up Doom Eternal. It's Kevin. It wasn't me. You can blame it's me. Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, so. Aaron, you've gotten better. You don't really talk about Stalker as much. What's that? <laughs> Tarkovsky? He's talking about Atomic <laughs> Art. Which I'm going to go to Amoeba. Yeah, I didn't talk about it. I was, I was waiting for it. Yeah, I was, was waiting for it. Like, this game really reminds me of Stalker. Because it's not like Stalker at all. <laughs> I got there's, you to say it. Yeah, there, there's like no Stalker in Atomic Heart, unfortunately. It's way more Bioshock. A little bit of Prey. Um... Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I need to figure out how to make the Russian voices. Uh, Mike, uh, do do you have anything to recommend this week? Well, uh, I kind of do. So yeah. I watched Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio last night. Uh, oh. I watched I watched it with my son, and the the movie was fun. Uh, it's like a little bit of a musical though, and that was like you know I almost turned it off. <laughs> uh, but in the end, we we both really enjoyed it, and that's actually my real recommendation is uh, find things to do with your kids. Um, mm. You know, Owen, you know, he's he'll be turning 15 this year. He loves his computer. He's really hard to engage with. Uh, he doesn't really like doing a whole lot, but I can I, I can make him a bowl of popcorn and he'll watch a movie. So, you know, I watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy with him. I try and, you know, get him to watch, you know, really, really important films like The Thing. Uh, and I hope, you know, it, it, it enriches his life a little bit. Mm-hmm. I hope, you know, one day he'll he'll recall back to a time that like we did something. Nice. Yeah. So, That's be with cool. your kids. Hug them. Tell them you love them. All right. I like that. Uh, I tried to get my kid to watch Stalker, but he uh, he wasn't having it. <laughs> Probably <laughs> fell asleep in the first twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Uh, mine is funny because Mike inadvertently mentioned it hilariously. Uh, my girlfriend, I my girlfriend got me an air popper for Christmas, and mm-hmm. I've been using it yeah. every day. I actually want to make popcorn after this podcast. Every day? Yeah, you so we went online popcorn? and like looked up all these different popcorn like that you can pop at home. And like I've been trying all these like Amish popcorn and like Seuss Pop Secret and, and or like the big ones or Renbach and Pop Secret and some other so different, different seeds. seeds. Yeah. Kernels. Kernels. And uh I have to say the air popper, because it doesn't use oil, sounds like an ad, but it doesn't use oil to pop. You just like put the seeds in and like turn it on and like the popcorn comes out and like there's nothing else required. It's like you don't have to clean it even. Mm-hmm. It's like 
amazing. Yeah. So if you like popcorn, <laughs> get an air popper. It's way better than the microwave shit. Microwave stuff, I like it, by the way. I like the microwave shit, but it, this air popper is like a bazillion times better. Uh, much yeah. better. That's what, that's what we use, but it's not healthy because I put like an entire stick of butter. Yeah, we use, we use half a yeah. stick. Oh, but, yeah. you know, I was like, think about it. Like, half think about stick? it, though. Think about it. Like, dude. What the fuck, dude? dude? When you use, when you like eat ice cream, that's like a like five yeah. scoops. That's like that's like three sticks of butter that you're eating with ice cream. It's like I don't know how this is. I don't know how this is an argument in favor of using half a half stick a of stick butter. of butter. You're like it's just like or ice go cream. home. It's you know why? Because I'm be eating like huge swaths of popcorn. Because like you don't, I don't, you don't eat like a little popcorn. You have to eat like two yeah. bowls right. or a bowl and a half of popcorn. You know, it's basically a meal replacement at this point. So, <laughs> you know, uh. Yeah, that's a lot of. Popcorn. It's a lot of popcorn, and it's delicious. Um, and I highly endorse Air Poppers. It doesn't matter which brand, I think, because they're probably all pretty similar. I'm sure there is like a you know fancy tech gadget brand yeah, you they recommend. But uh, do you have an Air Popper mic that you use? Yeah, and it's it's like 20 years old. Like yeah. I, have, you know, it's 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 a workhorse. Yeah, yeah. So good stuff. Hmm. Awesome. I, get I love popcorn. Me too. Now. It's the best. I remember Aaron and I would like fight it over popcorn. It is kind of fun to make on the stove, though. It. Oh, yeah. We would. <laughs> it would be like we'd like make two bowls, and then like whoever, whichever bowl had like maybe two or three more pieces of popcorn in it, we'd like fight over <laughs> that. <laughs> That's classic brother <laughs> shit. So, yeah. Uh, all right. I'll go real quick because uh, my recommendation is is play. Prey Moon Crash. I think it's uh, I think it's overlooked. I think people should check it out. I think it's I think it's pretty pretty damn good. Um, also, add fans to your computer. I recently uh, rebuilt my computer and I added a bunch of Noctua fans. And oh my god, is it better? It is so much quieter, cooler, more performant. It's amazing. I have to do the same thing because one of my intake fans uh, has a bad bearing, so it squeals for like two minutes. Uh, yeah, get some good Noctuas, man. Those things just Keep oh, it cool. I, I love Noctuas. They are great. Yeah. I have some on my processor. My processor fans from Noctuas. Big beasties. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Big beasts. How many Noctuas do you have, Warren? Uh, I just have my little tiny white Xbox Series S, and I don't use those. Sorry. No, you should you should crack it open. Put it put a Noctua in. <laughs> yeah, put a Noctua in. <laughs> Thermal paste that GPU. Uh, <laughs> customize it. Legalize then it. it'll ruin the warranty. Do I so have a warranty I, on it? I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I like remember. I like really old computers. Like I have these two mm. uh, silicon graphics uh, workstations from like the nineties. Yeah. Uh, one of them is an Octane, and uh, I actually replaced one of its fans. Uh, it's like its main. Uh, it only has like one giant fan with a Noctua, and I feel like that's that's the best way to uh, to really modernize the cooling. Uh, from something that was that's funny it's like an anachronism six right yeah yeah it's uh that's pretty that's awesome cool. that's awesome is, is it my turn Lauren. it's your turn yes and man. is it my turn yes and yes and no it's not my my turn end of conversation no I, I actually see. This is why you got to go yes and because it's very awkward <laughs> to do that. It's very stilts the conversation when you're like, nah. Or do you? This have... is why yes and keeps the flow going. Or do you have a recommendation? Yes. And it's this. <laughs> yes. 
I have a cu- I have a couple things I gotta say. First of all, I have a, a recommendation, which is don't bring casual film goers to to a Tarkovsky movie. Because uh, <laughs> I, I did that once, and they they both fell asleep. So just mm. just don't do it. Like it it can happen to your kids, but it can also happen to your adult friends. <laughs> uh, so don't do that. Uh, I also got on like a binging, an HBO Max binge uh, over these past couple weeks, and I watched the first two seasons of The White Lotus, and uh, pretty good show, pretty cringe, pretty, like it's an eat the rich show, and you see a lot of gross stuff Mm. in it, and you just kind of see like rich people eat each other, but I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really funny show, Um, so I recommend that. And then one other final quick recommendation is I just saw this really amazing John Oliver segment about um, psychedelic therapy. And like, uh, it's all about like how like shrooms and LSD can be used to cure mental illness and how that's starting to have like progress in Congress. And I thought it was really, really interesting. And I never thought, like I would see a segment like that on John Oliver. So if you have some, if you're curious about that topic, I recommend watching that. I must have fixed all of my uh, uh, issues in high school then. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It was interesting, anyway. And yeah, that's my personal rec for the week. And this has been an awesome Jump Crouch podcast. Adios. gotta thank madden and uh oh yeah yeah uh the, oh oh madden the, thank uh, you madden thank you so much madden uh for like uh, i love i love your music i love your support and uh, also thank you to all of our fans and we will see you next time on the jump crouch podcast we're going to talk about wulong and how it's not as good as sekiro adios we love you madden we love you madden yeah we love you madden Ch- check out the sure. discord check out the discord all right Good job. Sorry. Uh, Aaron's a true pro at this. something that'll make your mind like real watch coco melon it's it's creepy in the way that resident evil one is because like the shadows are all fucking wrong and it just it's the creepiest shit in the world